X-rays recording. weird because I've got like my notes in full screen and when I switch over to start quick time full screen goes away and then I can't get it to pop back up alright here we go here we go faction wars part one okay alright we ready alright and a one and a two and a three and a go Welcome, Guardians. It's April 24th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 24. We are uh, starting a new multi-part series. Uh, I, we don't, we're, I don't think we're ever going to not have a multi-part series anymore. It seems like all the stuff that we've been talking about doing now is just has so much information that we, can, we won't be able to cover much of anything in like two hours. So... Per many, many requests, and because we've really been wanting to get to it anyway, uh, we are going to start looking into factions and starting with the faction wars. Uh, So with that, we're going to have some lore surrounding the consensus and uh, the power structures of the city, and it should be be pretty pretty amazing. Um, I know that, that Beta and Drop have put a lot of time into these notes already, and it's just the beginning. So... As I mentioned, both of them, we've got Beta Chieftain with us this week. What's going on? Not much. I was playing Division, and I am, as much as I love that game, it's getting really annoying. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> it's like. It seems like. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. So the funny thing is, like, so there's the big exploits that everyone complains about, like, oh, everyone has endgame gear and they're going to go stomping through the dark zone and killing people. And it's like, no. I never have that problem. In fact, the other day, our Dark Zone instance didn't even have another team in it. <laughs> so <laughs> so we just got to wander the whole thing, and it was fun. But um, it's like, so for I think the third day in a row, the daily missions didn't reset. Or I, they reset, but it's the same ones again. And then there's this stupid bug with the incursions where if you started the thing, and then you try to get someone else to join they can't join. Like it's literally impossible. So you have to back out, go make your own instance and start the whole mission over on like a new instance and then reinvite all the old people to your new instance. So you can start the mission fresh (laughs) and stupid things like that. There's another bug that someone found where, um, resistance, like the calculations screwed up. And so it actually does more damage to you. (laughs) Nice. And it's just like, and so if people don't know, like I'm a test engineer by profession. <laughs> and so I think it might bug me more than other people because it's like, I mean, I don't totally know how game dev works, but it's like, did you not write a unit test? Did you not like <laughs> check, you know, oh, this is a negative instead of a, po-. like just <laughs> stupid, stupid <laughs> things. And I'm like, come on guys. Like I get it. You know, sometimes you'll find there's two kinds of bugs. There's the bugs you didn't find and there's the bugs you found and product told you we're going to ship without fixing it. And you know, the second one that happens, but it's like some of these things, it's like, come on. I I will say on a positive note that I am impressed with like 
how open, you know, the company is and like how humble they are about the whole thing. So like, I love that, but <laughs> I, except for the part where they said they were going to ban everybody. Well, yeah. Well, there we have banning people. Drop slash. What's up, man? <laughs> uh, not too much. I've been hilariously following all this division news. And it's, to me, it's funny because, you know, two months ago, a month ago, we we're talking about how, oh, what what kind of impact will the division have on Destiny? And will the division learn from the mistakes Destiny made? And people were getting sort of real ill with the grind and, and winding down their Destiny playtime. And in the matter of a single update on the Destiny side and then so many like crazy and, and, and a simultaneous bugs. single update yeah. on the divisions on the division side has flipped that script a little bit uh but no i'm just running running my usual uh in destiny i'm still i mean i love i think i said this last time i love the update i love uh i can be so much more ruthless with the items i break down now and and getting my my guardians look exactly how they want, and make sure my gear is up to speed and everything is going well. I'm one one drop away from three thirty five on my hunter, and I still have a raid left to run. I couldn't do it today because there was Xbox Live communications issues going on. But uh, yeah, it's been rough lately. I've noticed that a couple days in a row. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it wasn't even like Xbox Live stuff. I think it was all voice chat. Like I couldn't connect to Fireteam chat. We couldn't connect to to Xbox Live party chat. We couldn't really much do anything. So my clan, we just, we got on a Google Hangout and ran a bunch of Nightfalls to get them out of the way and ran some strikes to get them out of the way. But figured we'd pick it back up and those issues sort themselves I had out. something where I uh, was in orbit and I just couldn't do anything. It just had me like red looking for or trying to trying to set up my game and uh i couldn't pick anything so i restarted had to do it a couple times before i finally was able to uh to go in even go to the tower and then today i saw that a few people in our chat our listener chat uh were having the same issues today so i don't know anyway hopefully they'll get it all squared away uh go ahead yeah i have an issue every once in a while where i can't be match made so i'll fly into the tower and it will be completely empty and then I'll fly to a planet and it will be completely <laughs> empty. Like it just, for some reason I cannot enter. Nobody can enter my instance of anywhere that I am and I can't enter anybody else's. Weird. Uh, well, uh, we've got one more person here with us and surprise. Well, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Scooby Deezy's back. Finally. Thanks yes. for joining us, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And, and you guys are talking about division and stuff. And I, I've been disconnected from from that world and from Destiny for a while. But I am happy to uh, be sort of slowly uh, easing my way back in a little bit. So uh, it's good to be here. Well, like I said, we're we're happy to have you back. You've been... You've been kind of creeping around. You made us uh, uh, the new shirts, which are amazing. And, uh, so awesome. Oh, gosh, they're, they're great. And um, from when we're recording, they're only available for the first run for uh next eight days, which puts that at m- ending Monday, uh, May the 2nd. Yep. So if you, if you haven't went out and seen the shirts or picked one up or if you have and you need to get more of them they're there 
Uh, you can go to represent.com slash store slash D ghost stories. Uh, we'll have a link in the description if you want to find it. Pretty amazing. But don't worry if you didn't have a chance this time to pick one up. We will probably keep uh, keep doing runs of these just because they're fun and we like them. And, uh, and we want everyone to have a, have a chance to, to grab one. So uh, check them out. They're amazing. Scooby, once again, did an awesome, awesome job. So thank you, sir. My pleasure. It's always fun. Um, well, what do we have? So I've got a, I, I pulled, I pulled a message from our email. It's, it was kind of old, but it was appropriate for this episode. And I, I found it kind of funny when I was looking through. Um, so DGS team, you guys are great. Thank you so much for providing this great resource to the community. Ever since I started to pay more attention to the lore in this game, uh, in the, to the lore, this game has become much more engaging and interesting. I found you guys during the stint of my of third shifts, and I actually found myself excited to go to work so I could listen to more episodes. My friends have enjoyed some of the lore I have shared with them and have started to check out your podcast as well. Big thanks again for the great things you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Best regards, Corey a stud on Xbox One. Uh, so first of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for recommending us to your friends. Glad we could help with the third shifts. Um, oh, he he actually has a little PS here also that says, you guys should do a whisper on the three city factions. I think that would be pretty cool, a pretty cool addition if there's enough lore on the subject. Well, there <laughs> is enough lore on the subject, and you are in for, well, if we made these into whispers, it'd be about, well, I'm not going to even speculate, but I'd say about like 15 to 20 yeah, whispers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we stopped so, doing whispers. <laughs> yeah, that's why we, we kind of, we, we don't know how to make a short episode anymore. So uh, here come the factions, and it's going to be a multi-part series. It's going to, you know, we'll break it up. We aren't going to do just, you know, three in a row of factions. I don't think we'll try to keep it broken up like we did with our Books of Sorrow and the Rasputin episode and... uh so hopefully it we don't want to want to bore people with with uh, something you know multiple weeks in a row that they may not be interested in you know give them give them something fresh each time so uh that's our email our postmaster thanks so much for the for the feedback um what else oh one more thing i have uh handsome dragon couldn't be here tonight he had uh, something else going on but uh by the time you hear this the Uh, 45th episode of crucible radio will have or should have aired and he was a guest there Uh, it was kind of a last minute thing and when i first met handsome dragon that was the first thing he told me about he's like have you ever listened to crucible radio i'm like yeah a little bit i think i've heard a couple episodes oh man you got to check them out it's so great it's my favorite podcast you got to go well when he was asked kind of last minute to to be on this week's episode he was like super nervous. He uh, he messaged me and I wasn't around. He's like, "Hey man, do you have a minute? I got to ask you something." <laughs> and I didn't know what it was about at the time. And then by the time I finally found out, he had already recorded. And uh, so he he also wanted me to to pass a little message on that he apologizes for anything he might have said that is incorrect in regards to the lore because he was just so nervous and so excited to be on there that that I 
think he kind of blanked and doesn't even really remember what he said. It's kind of like a little mini blackout, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I think he even said, um, I might, might, can't wait to listen to it because I don't remember much about it. But uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun. I can't wait to listen to it. It should be out by the time you hear this. So uh, check it out. Episode 45, Crucible Radio with, uh, with Bones, Famous Birds, and uh, Swain Stash, who was a guest on one of our early, early episodes. So check them out. Um, that is what I have for our little announcements and, and house cleaning stuff. Uh, so let's, I guess, jump into it unless anyone else has something they want to add. No, I think we're, that's all right. Well, we've got some more ignored lore this week. Uh, not much because we actually talk about, I think some of the, uh, some of the gear and uh, the faction gear more specifically. So we didn't want to, want to waste any of it early or not. I don't want to say waste, but we didn't want to want to talk about it too early, but we do have this one here. Uh, who wants to take this drop? I'll take this because I found this. It must've just been added recently. Uh, when I was looking through, uh, just research and, and items and lore and stuff for this episode, I came across this one, this, uh, Mark of the new sun. So the first thing that jumps out of my mind is Osiris, and the flavor text says, he loosens all bonds, uh, and that is from the Locus Senna. So it turns out Locus Senna means Loki's quarrel, and this is one of the poems from the Poetic Edda, which is the sort of the massive epic Norse poem. And we've talked about it a lot, especially during the Rasputin episodes. Uh, we talked about Loki's crown, we talked about some of the Fenrir protocols, uh, the actual translated line from from the Locus Senna is, uh, and from bonds looses all. And this section of the Edda apparently is <laughs> like a giant diss battle between the Norse gods and Loki. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a Locus Senna, or this Loki's quarrel, is called, it's called a flighting and apparently a flighting is when you sit around a table and exchange, like, epic disses with people. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an entire section of the Edda devoted to this. Uh, this particular line uh, actually comes from Tyr, not Loki, uh, but it is about Loki. Uh, and Loki's response to this is is pretty epic as well. Uh so it, this line comes from, uh, again, from Tyr. It says, <clears throat> Freyr is best of all the exalted gods. In the Aesir's courts, no maid he makes to weep. No wife of man from all <clears throat> and from bonds looses all. So at this point in the Edda, uh, Tyr had been wounded by Fenrir. Uh, and Loki is Fenrir's father. And Loki responds, be silent, Tyr, to thy wife it happened to have a son by me, nor rag nor penny ever hadst thou, poor wretch, for this injury. Uh, so Loki shuts him down pretty quick. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting. I, I pulled this out, and this is just like a random blue mark, uh, a rare mark. The logo on it is interesting. It looks a little bit like a double Titan logo. Mm -hmm. uh, and the logo looks nothing like the, the thumbnail of it even, but I haven't seen this symbol anywhere else in destiny uh, other than this. Again, what looks like a double Titan logo. I wonder if that's the, 
the picture that we're looking at, uh, wonder if it's the raw colors without a, without a shader, because it looks awful lot like, uh, the SRL colors. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah. <clears throat> that red and kind of that, that light blue. <laughs> so, but it's a cool, just like a cool little, again, a reference to this massive, this like epic Norse poem, the Edda, the poetic Edda that we've talked about in the past. And here it's just showing up in a, a random rare Titan mark. Nice. All the best stuff is on the rares. <laughs> yeah, we yep, learned that from yep. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, let's get into the factions. Let's start with, uh, I guess, the the factions Grimoire card. Yeah? Yeah, I can take this one because yeah. the one that comes up after this, I know, drop likes. So. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's the Grimoire factions. And it's this is kind of just a good summary card. So... They've done more good than harm, by most calculations. In the city's earliest days, various factions vied for the hearts and minds of the refugee masses. Power struggles threatened to shatter an already tenuous existence. Um, And the thing to point out with refugee masses, we won't read the card here, but if you go and look at uh, the Dark Age grimoire, it mentions Exos and Awoken and humans. So... um, so these refugees are everybody. It's not like just human refugees or just exos. It's everybody. Anyways, um, so yeah, so it said there were uh, power struggles that kind of started up. And then it says the following conflicts, known as the faction wars, brought the city to its knees. And uh, something to point out here, we're going we're gonna to go over the Rezal Azir card next. And th- it, that card breaks this down a lot um, in a lot more detail. But when it says it, it contradicts brought, it, <laughs> yeah. When the when it says it brought the city to its knees, like at this point in time, don't think of the city like we do now when you're staring out over the tower balcony and there's lights and industry and you know it's this magnificent place. Um, think of it more like a settlement where there's not any walls or anything. You know, there's a bunch of refugees. I imagine, or I imagine people in a, you know, in tents and makeshift houses and things. So. Um, just keep that in mind that it was the city, but not like the city. Uh, when the chaos grew intolerable, a gathering of guardians fought to end the conflict. And we will see how that isn't what Rezel says <laughs> in a second. Um, the new peace brought a new order. The city consensus and the speaker ruled together, and the surviving great factions worked through civil channels to pursue their agendas. And the city consensus, it's basically um, kind of think of this all as just branches of government. So the city consensus consists of the factions. It's basically the branch of government that is made up of representatives of the factions. And here you'll notice it says the city consensus and the speaker. So the speaker would be a separate kind of branch um, in his own right. And then if you were to read, uh, where is this? Ghost Fragment, The Ocean of Storms. That one says, by order of the city consensus and the Guardian Vanguard. So the way I read that is the Vanguard isn't part of the consensus, but they are a separate branch, um, which which makes sense. So um, the factions, we'll see in a second, are made up of, of humans. Well, okay. 
dialing that back. Just, they're, just they're get ma- to the card. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> factions are made up of, you know, not guardians, and then you have the speaker, and then you have the vanguard, which is guardians. So they're trying to kind of represent everybody. Anyways, moving on. Uh, and the surviving great factions work through civil channels to pursue their agendas. That order still holds, but as the city reaches out into the frontier, the factions see new opportunities everywhere and a chance to win over guardians to their cause. So this is the card I think that Scoob and I originally used as reference when we were writing out faction wars for the timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it puts a lot into place, and this all sort of makes you know a lot of sense. Uh, and then, yeah, this Rezal Azir card totally upends a lot of what's here. Uh, you know, the city is in capital, like it's capitalized in this Grimoire Factions card, but the city technically didn't exist yet. Like it's, uh, the faction wars had to be something much different than we thought they were. You know, how they ended turns out to be different. And so, <clears throat> but yeah, and we, we talked, I think in the very first episode, we talked about the consensus and the speaker and the the vanguard and how they operate to sort of keep tabs on the city and we'll go more into the consensus and about the factions that make it up and how it's run and things like that but for now let's talk about uh grimoire rizzle azir before these walls uh i don't know that i need to read this entire card it's really long uh we've talked i think we talked about it during the uh new new lore a new lore episode but this card outlines some things that directly contradict this grimoire factions card uh the biggest one so in grimoire factions it says the following conflicts known as the faction wars brought the city in caps to its knees uh and then in Rezalazir it says this was before the city in caps was the city in caps <laughs> like <laughs> okay uh this was before the city was the city. This was before the walls, uh, still in the shadow of the fragile giant above, but before. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna pause there and and actually come back to this because and and correct me if if the way that this is written in the notes is is not exactly from the grimoire, but we've got the city lowercase t capital C and then the city capital T capital C. So there actually is a slight distinction with like the city like both caps being like the walls what we know now but it was still would have been called the city in those times even if it was just a bunch of tents piled up together it was still the city but in a totally different sense than we know it now so so i wouldn't call that a total contradiction i would just it's it's a, a different state of being all right i'll go along so, with that my two cents I'll I'll go along with that. All right, so it's it's the city, but not the city. <laughs> the city, yeah. little little t. Uh, says uh, salvation seekers came, survivors, weary remnants of people on the brink. So these are the refugees that that Beta just mentioned. Uh, the days before reason took hold, uh, before study was merged with belief, and, and we ta- we've talked about that in the past too, which was. So the speaker seems like a very religious, not religious, but he has faith in the traveler. Uh, and now the city is built, the tower is up, the guardians protect it. We sort of are afforded the opportunity to study these things rather than just believe in them. Right. As as a note further up 
it it refers to Rezel. It says, uh, in time, his kind would be called Titan. So it also hints that, you know, there weren't classes yet. So it was much less disciplines and study and the light and the dark and much more just, yeah, kind of this belief, this godlike thing above them. Um, I kind of, I imagine that the normal citizens looked at the Guardians almost as these miracles, you know, they didn't understand how they were or what they were. So, yeah. And this this paragraph from this card sort of makes a lot of sense and it shines an interesting light on these sort of post-collapse uh, quasi-dark ages here. As factions grew from the huddled masses, like minds coming together to provide support and comfort. Over time, these loyalties demanded loyalty. <clears throat> Differences that used to inform viewpoints that when joined granted a larger understanding of the whole became points of conflict. The sanctuary became divided. The shadow of light grew darker. This, humanity's last oasis, slowly fading to a mirage. So this is very much like people are going to be people, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, you can't, human nature is human nature, regardless of any progress that was made during the golden age, any kind of like enlightenment or, you know, approach to singularity or great revelations, people are still going to be people. And when different people think different things and they gather with other people who think the same thing, they start to pick fights with people who think different things. This is like, the most human right. and whether humanity this is a, 101 yeah. yeah like and whether this is a regression from the golden age or it was always there and we just chose to ignore it uh it could be either one uh but this is great powerful men and women the risen stood at the faction sides protection enforcers misused possibility so this is when we learned that before they were guardians they were the risen so ghosts were out there Ghosts were bringing people back to life with these crazy powers, but they weren't guardians yet. They were the risen, and they were basically like the thugs <laughs> for the factions. You, uh, you can't do much against a thug when he just comes back to life <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> uh, misery crept into this false paradise, yet hope lingered. And I always, I use that hope line as it's very speakerish to me. Uh, anyway seeing the cracks in the society bore beneath the giant's fractured shell some among the risen challenged the dissolution of all that could be they would no longer serve as instruments of oppression they would be more so this is like the the mental change when some of the risen start to take some responsibility like with great power comes great responsibility type action uh, and decide they're going to not just be you know the gigantic bodyguards for the factions, they're, they're going to maybe try and do some good. It's actually, uh, now that we're like talking about this, I'm, I'm seeing this much darker than I did when I read this card the first time. Uh, it really paints a picture of the, the guardians roles before this switch as, as really being pretty dark. Yeah, it's not, it's, I mean, it's like if you had, if like you were the mafia and you had superhero bodyguards yeah. and you get in a fight with the Yakuza who also has superhero bodyguards. And <laughs> yeah, no. much more. And thus be, yeah, so thus begin unnecessary war made necessary by greed, ambition, and fear. And in the chaos of this struggle, let's stop right there. <clears throat> so this, 
thus began an unnecessary war. This basically, I mean, what this says to me is this is the start of the faction wars, right? So the different factions demand loyalty. I think one thing, you think the other. Well, my superpower bodyguard supports my point of view. Yours supports yours. Now we're going to fight yep. about it. <laughs> yep. So, and it turns out like that, and that's like, that's a very human reason to have a war, right? Like we we're experiencing that today in our world still. Uh, this has been going on through all of human history, maybe without the superhero, like <laughs> super bodyguard part, but well, and I mean, we're talking about superheroes and Yakuza. I, my wife and I have been watching Daredevil, so I'm totally thinking about like, yeah, totally exactly. like all the factions in Hell's Kitchen. You know, like this is exactly what's going on here. And it's a little unclear in this card. I mean, the faction wars were obviously between you know, the factions, but it's also a little unclear too of whether it was like the factions, and then you also had the guardians on the side who were, or you know, you had. Guardian versus gar- Guardian, Risen versus Guardian, you know, oh, yeah, good all point. that, where you probably had the factions who were disagreeing, and then among the Guardians themselves, you probably had disagreements on whether they, you know, should group together for the greater good or just be what they are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's even, like, even thinking about that way, so it's like, you know, you're like, factions with Risen versus factions with Risen versus Guardians who think they can be something more than just the Risen and... yeah. What a mess. Uh, and in the chaos of this struggle came the scavengers, aliens with appetites, a common enemy. Uh, this is the fallen. I mean, there's no other race of scavengers that we really encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. and I had this question just, I think it's important to clarify, this was not, this didn't turn into the Battle of Six Fronts, which is famous for having fallen. Um, yeah, Six Fronts another- came much later. Yes, and this is and that's confusing too because, uh, you know, six fronts is often referred to as the first great battle of the city. Capital and, T, yeah. <laughs> and so it's got to be like capital T, capital C, because this battle is technically happening right now with the city lowercase T, uh, <laughs> with the fallen. But this is definitely not six fronts, yeah. uh, and we just know that because. The, the walls were built. The city was the city. Uh, so much happened at Six Fronts. It's like a defining moment for the city, and that was not this. But then we learned. So in the end, the scavengers repelled and the factions fell. Their grip broken, though their beliefs remain. These were the earliest days of the Guardians when might found purpose. Prosperity was in reach. So we learned that the faction wars ended because the Fallen attacked, which is not mentioned anywhere in Grimoire, the factions. Right, and that one it says uh, a gathering of guardians fought to end the conflict. And it's like just technically true. Yeah, I guess. Yes, <laughs> I guess that's true, but <laughs> from a certain point of view, yeah. Uh, so I said, Rezel has been a champion of these wars, a leader uh, against alien pirates. He had been more. Uh, if the giant wasn't a god, then maybe Rezel was. And then it, clear, then it clearly says, you know, as the first walls formed, built of hard work and sacrifice, Rezel and the Guardians stood against the alien plunderers time and time again. More survivors arrived, more warriors. So this alien plunderers time and time again, this could be, six fronts could have happened somewhere in there. Right. Uh, you know, the Guardian ranks swelled, the city grew. So 
anywhere inside there, six runs could have happened, or maybe it didn't. Maybe it happened much later. We the timeline's so fuzzy here, we just don't really know. We don't know how long it took to actually build the city or get those walls up or build the towers or yeah. And then, and we can kind of decide, you're saying we don't have to read the whole card. The rest of this card kind of continues more the story of Rezel and less the story of factions. Um, yeah. So do we want to, but, do we want to go into that or no? I mean, so I, I, I wrote a huge post when these cards first came, became available. Uh, I wrote a big long post on destiny lore about my theory that Rezel is actually the speaker or becomes the person we know as the speaker. Uh, I mean, it's long and involved. I mean, I could go dig it up, but (laughs) I don't know if it's worth completely going into. We can just tell people we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it deals more with uh, the origin of the speaker, just through some of the language here with these cards. And uh, yeah, I think you have a note here about the speakers. There's a line that says stories haunted his nights, old stories, those no longer told. I'm like, isn't that like the opening cutscene? Yeah, <laughs> with the speaker. Very similar to the line that he delivers the first time we meet him. And then the the next sentence here, you know, is uh, whenever the sun dropped below the horizon and the moon rose high, Rezel's thoughts wandered. And if you hang out with the speaker and listen to some of the things he says in his idle chat, he talks about the moon and wonders what's happening there and that we have an ancient enemy on the moon and you know what could possibly come from there that's worse than what we've already seen are we really safe like so there's there's connections there's definitely connections uh we can talk about rezel maybe another time but we could do a whisper on now that we have a second card that came with the the latest expansion which is terrible not the expansion the card uh if we're, if we're not too busy I don't fighting mind over it. I think it's okay. No, it's not. It's not. I, I really enjoyed the read. I'll have to go through it again, but I really enjoyed it. I, I, Although I don't, I don't know if we could do a whisper because there's implications in that card that could. That's true. Derail that conversation. Although I think our fan, our fan chat has been fighting over what weapons he was using in that card. They just, they just put <laughs> so much into that one card. You know, it's like they. They wanted to cram every little bit of, of something in there, and it just yeah yeah. I mean, I, I liked reading it, but again, I think it strayed too much from what you would kind of think is kind of the classic grimoire writings. Yeah, it re- it reads more like an attempt to make a web comic. Like if somebody's writing a script for a web comic, that's what it's right. Like. We've got to tell this huge story in this short amount of time, so let's put it all out there. Yeah, transmatting and hand cannons <laughs> and full auto and and pretending to be dead and fist of havoc and like it's just like mash it everything every cool thing visually you can think of like everything's a set piece right right and so, so but that aside it uh, some good info and and still fun yeah. but that that card this first card uh, is great because this leads us up you know right to the formation of the city and then the formation of the the consensus the factions now coming together and you know sparring more politically and civilly than you know just sending their murder bots to murder each other uh and that takes us to the consensus which was formed at the end of the faction wars the consensus is an alliance of the city's factions and the ruling body of the city 
only certain factions are part of the consensus and membership is granted by the consensus itself with their approval. There are some factions, we'll talk about them, like the Concordat that were ejected from the consensus. Uh, and it allows the factions to pursue their agendas through legal and civil channels. The speaker acts as the head of the consensus and the vanguard advise them. So <clears throat> the current consensus that we have now is composed of New Monarchy, Dead Orbit, and the Future War Cult. A past consensus faction that was ejected was the Concordat, uh, who was led by Lysander. Uh, we could go into that a little bit. I've Instead of putting it in the show notes, I just made a little thing here in the side. But uh, led by Lysander... Uh, and their central ideology was unknown. Like, we sort of know the general ideologies of New Monarchy, Dead Orbit, and Future War Cult. I mean, maybe less so with Future War Cult. Maybe I'll let Beta field that I, one. I but. know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> like, New Monarchy is, we, we need a solid leader to lead us back to the Golden Age. And Dead Orbit is like, <laughs> everything's foobar, let's get out of here. And Future War Cult is, we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> We're all screwed, but let's stay. But let's, but let's fight anyway. Uh, so the Concordat didn't... We don't know what their ideology was. Uh, other than the fact that they were very violent. Uh, Lysandra was exiled, and the Concordat was dismantled. And their logo was just a big fist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to, to anyone wanting to see their logo on Bannerfall, the green sections of that map are the Concordat. <clears throat> yes. And Bannerfall was where uh, they made their last stand against New Monarchy. So it was, it was New Monarchy Guardians. And, and it's a little unclear, to me at least, Did were they ejected and then kind of Bannerfall happened? Or was it more Bannerfall happened, therefore they were ejected? I think what happened, I, from the way it's laid out here, it seems like the consensus chooses to exile Lysander. Because the Concordat's too violent for the most part. We don't want more faction wars. Yes, exactly. We don't want the faction wars to come back. Uh, but the consensus also wanted to give the Guardians who were part of the Concordat a chance to realign because the Speaker felt like we couldn't sacrifice. Like, we need every Guardian that we have, right? So if we're going to dismantle the Concordat, we don't want these Guardians following Lysander. So let's give them a chance to realign find a new faction which which maybe gives us a little indication of timing um because you know we know toland was exiled osiris was exiled yeah this might have been happening around that same time when it seems like exile was a the the new hot thing in the city (laughs) maybe we're exiling too many people Uh, and I think who I think anybody who is left, like the people who are like really, really adamant and you know loyal to Lysander, mm-hmm. I think New Mark just marched on them. It was like, okay, everybody who's left, <laughs> we gave you the chance to get out, and now you're not. So now we're kicking you yeah. out forcefully. Yeah, that's the and, sense I get too. And so I mean, yeah, what's crazy? Um, do we have the Bannerfall Grimoire card in here? Yes, we do. Where I don't see it. Put your cursor there. I'll put my cursor there. <clears throat> Grimoire Bannerfall. Okay. If you're using the outline on the left, it's the first one under Crucible. First one under Crucible. Consensus and... There we go. Yes, let's see. And yeah, and we're talking about Bannerfall, so to anyone who doesn't um, 
I mean, obviously it's the Crucible map, but to anyone who's yes. a little unfamiliar with what happened there, the card says, this site marks a legendary battle where New Monarchy's guardians rose to deliver the final blow to the Concordat. Concordant. It is well, see, so here's the interesting thing. On this card, it's spelled Concordant, C-O-N-C-O-R-D-A-N-T. But everywhere else in the Grimoire, it's Concordat with no N. Hmm. So whoever wrote the Bannerfall Grimoire card didn't check with the rest of the lore. <laughs> Unless Concordat refers to their leadership and Concordant is the fact, I don't know, faction. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> instead of trying to make that work, let's see. Um, anyway, they dealt the final blow, unraveling the war effort. And so that kind of yeah paints the picture of how violent Lysander was. Um, Lysander sought to bring against the vanguard. And that's interesting too that it wasn't it wasn't that Lysander and I I missed that line the first time through and from there it seems a little less like Lysander was disagreeing with the other factions and almost more like he wanted the factions to be gaining more control than the, than the than vanguard. vanguard yeah yeah so yeah so and we've talked about this in the past too where you know Lysander technically is still out there and he may still have a small army of of either risen or guardians or you know humans who are still loyal to him right maybe we'll find him buried on beneath the clouds on jupiter or something <laughs> um so and then the so then it's a, in ghost fragment the city age uh the consensus meets and says, you know, and so it is agreed. The Concordat shall no longer be recognized among the consensus. We will begin dismantling it right away. And one thing that is interesting as well is there was, and Bannerfall is a different tower. So it, yes. it makes you wonder, like, was this battle so epic that they basically had to just abandon that tower at that point? Or, or is it more of the speaker's hole? We were, mon- we were once much more powerful and there were multiple towers or something. Well, there were definitely multiple towers because if you stand around the postmaster too, uh, she says sometimes, oh no, that can't be right. That tower is empty. Hmm. So whether she's referring to the Bannerfall Tower or some other tower, like if you look at the concept art of the city, those towers sort of ring as part of the wall. I've never counted them. Yeah. I think there's seven, but I'm not sure. Maybe it really was at one time. We were much more powerful, and there were numerous towers, but through people like Lysander and things, it's boiled down to... Well, and it's it's certainly possible that some minor factions that maybe we don't even know about still occupy other towers around the walls. You know, if... Ours is just special because we have the Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, ours could very much be the Vanguard Tower, right? And then, so we have representatives from each faction in our tower, but we don't have the entire factions in our tower. So the other towers could be devoted to the, like the full membership of the other, of the other factions. Hmm. So then we, well, speaking of other factions, uh, other known city factions. So there's the symmetry, uh, which is really sort of like the cult of Ulantan. Yeah. They, Uh, They deem his teachings to be too dangerous. And I was in the Warlock episode that we covered him. I don't want to totally go over it again, but... Yes. Because the funny thing is, now that we've kind of, got, kind of gone through the game, it seems like his teachings may have been dangerous, but they seem to be mostly spot on. Because <laughs> there were things like, uh, the you know, light is always tied across the, the universe, etc. And 
there's that line after we uh, stop the witches from siphoning the shard, where Ikora is basically like, oh, <laughs> basically Ulantan was totally right. Yeah, so there's the symmetry. Um, there's the cult of Osiris, obviously. Uh, and they don't have a presence in the tower so much since they have their his own planet. exile. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty give much. Mercury. Yeah. Uh, and there's other ones. Like, there's so, I mean, technically, Sparrow Racing League is a faction. You know, you, you gain reputation with them. <laughs> uh, the same with Iron Banner. Uh, and we've read the grimoire for Iron Banner before, but you know, very much says by order of the city consensus and the speaker, Saladin shacks cooperate in administration, and the Iron Banner is technically a component of the Crucible. Uh, though in practice, shacks keeps his own schedule, his own rewards, and his own territory in the tower. And then there's the other minor things that we have, uh, like the Trinary Star Cult, the, you know, other belief systems that we see popping up in you know uh cloaks and other uh pieces of armor and things like that yeah and we and we don't we kind of and yeah there's a lot more it seems where we have a very limited understanding of what they believe and they seem to be kind of these and isn't there i thought with trinary star cult they almost say too like they haven't been seen in a long time as well true so a lot of these ones are much smaller Mm-hmm. Well, so speaking of Trinary Star uh, and what happened at Bannerfall and the Concordat and everything that happened, we're going to focus the rest of this episode on the new monarchy. And there won't be any disagreements because I don't think any of us run them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we were talking about this before. Like, I'm, I'm a big Dead Orbit supporter. Uh, I do have the new monarchy exotic bond for my warlock just because I like the the zone in effect of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anybody full time on our team is a, a huge new monarchy supporter. I mean, I, every one of my tins has a, a different faction that they're full time. So my, my Titan is full on new monarchy, but that doesn't mean that I, I fully support their ideology. I It's more of a, I just like to diversify <laughs> but and and we were mentioning this and it'll come up again when we talk equipment but the in terms of just gear and reasons to choose different factions in vanilla destiny it was much more about intellect discipline or intellect strength yes. and, but now with taking king they seem to have done away with that so now if you are picking a faction it's about ideology at this point <laughs> or whatever zone in effect you like yeah Personally, I love dead orbits, like reformed from space dust effect. But anyway, we're not talking about dead orbit. We're talking about new monarchy. <clears throat> uh, so, just in the name, uh, the name itself uh, is likely a reference to the new monarchs. Uh, the new monarchs is a concept that historians developed about European history. Uh, and about sort of rulers who unified their respective nations and created stable, centralized governments. Uh, and this sort of gave birth to this 16th century era of worldwide colonization, paved the way for rapid economic growth in Europe. Uh, it made the military revolution possible, uh, the formation of strong central governments to maximize military strength. 
the naming conventions for new monarchy follow a lot of the names of people who were part of the new monarchs historically. Uh, and interestingly enough, when Bungie first filed their IP trademarks like five years ago, one of the names they registered was New Monarchs. So at some point, it was changed to New Monarchy, but that sort of creates this tie between this very real historical uh, understanding of this group of rulers called the New Monarchs, which include like John I, Charles VII, uh, Louis XI, Isabella I. Henry the Seventh. That that makes much more sense to me because I was always wondering about the old monarchy and just like there, there's no talk of any sort of old. So I I am admitting that I had no idea that that uh, was a thing, and that makes a lot of sense to me. It's better. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there. Yeah. So, I mean, but in the golden age, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't an old yeah, exactly. monarchy. So that's New Monarchy Allegiance Recruitment. Uh, what separates us from the darkness? It is neither our technology nor our strength in battle. It is our minds, civilization, and potential. Why else would the traveler have chosen us? The last city can be more than a cradle of refugees. It cries out for a guiding hand that can bring out its best. Uh, <clears throat> And so the new monarchy is staunchly pro-city faction that believes law and order. They hope to rebuild the golden age, and they believe in humanity's ability to overcome its current hardships. Uh, although the faction wars technically ended with the establishment of the consensus, new monarchy still aims to place a monarch in charge of the city uh, in place of the currently fragile alliance that exists between the factions. And we believe new monarchy also to be one of the oldest... Um, well, may, okay, maybe not one of the oldest, but they were certainly there during the faction wars, most likely as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so and the, I mean, this is like a, this is noble, right? This is you know, uh, this is belief in humanity. Hey, we can triumph. We can overcome. Uh, right. You know, humanity's faced hardships in the past, so this is nothing different. You know, as long as we stay banded together and strong, we can overcome this too. So, I mean, it's it's noble in its intent. Right. Which is very much in contrast. Um, to Dead Orbit and Future War Cult. Not that they aren't necessarily noble, but that they're much more about accepting what is and moving on. Um, and yeah, New Monarchy is much more about reclaiming what was lost. So, the Grimoire, New Monarchy. Uh, hope will be born from the collective triumphs of the king in us all. Uh, the New Monarchy rose from the ashes of the faction wars with a simple, inclusive, guiding tenant. Together we will rise. Leery of the fragile state of the city's politics, the new monarchy maintains a watchful eye in the speaker, the consensus, and the vanguard, seeking the leadership that will properly reign over the city and return our civilization to golden age splendor. It is that, if that leadership cannot be found, then it must be created. So they kind of have this, like, almost militaristic thing going on where it's like, well you guys better get your stuff together or else we're going to do it for you. Yeah, we, we'll read some of the quotes later down um, in these notes, but it's... So I've found, um, to anyone who has made a habit of perfecting the art of NPC eavesdropping, um, <laughs> <laughs> you will find that all of the NPCs have dialogue that they will say to your face, and then there's also dialogue that they'll say when you're not quite in front of them. So mm -hmm. um, 
And they have dialogue they'll say on your approach. Yeah. And so it, <laughs> which makes it fun trying to gather it all. But we'll, we'll get down here in a bit. But the, yeah, the dialogue that New Monarchy says to your face is very different than the dialogue that they say when they don't think anyone's listening. <laughs> like they are much more militaristic and heavy handed when they don't think anyone's listening. So did you like switch to Hunter and then duck down and turn invisible? No, it's it's all about just learning the corners. So, um, yeah, so on New, I learned on that new with, Monarchy, with, yeah, I learned like the wall, um, kind of where the stairs are going up to leave that area. Yep. You just hang out by that wall. And it's a little hard because you get overlap of Tess and the speaker. But um, yeah, and like Dead Orbit, I learned if you're kind of just sitting on the... Tess or Ava? Sorry, Ava. Um <laughs> Tess has a loud voice. No. <laughs> Ava. Tess says weird things when she thinks nobody's around too. Yeah. But yeah, and like Dead Orbit, I've, Future War Cult's been one of the hardest. I Usually I have to... They're very hard to get the difference on. Um, Dead Orbit, you can sit on the kind of the crates that are to the left, just in the shadows. You can sit over there and you'll get the... You They won't think you're there. Well, they also have the people around them, like the, the people who hang out near the the faction heads also say weird stuff all the time too. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably my favorite NPCs to listen to. Cause they're, they're just civvies who are just in awe of you and say the weirdest things. And it's, they're hilarious sometimes. Yeah. I think, is it, a, it's a new monarchy one that goes, that's like, uh, like I take you out for a drink, but I, I don't even know if you do that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. We'll we'll get there. Move, uh, yeah. Moving so, forward, the new monarchy is based on seven tenants. Uh, these can be found in Ghost Fragment New Monarchy. Uh, so let's go through them real quick. <clears throat> Number one, to secure our walls against the enemy without. So this probably arose very quickly from the fallen, but has grown to include other things. Two, to secure the rights and liberties of every upstanding citizen. I like that they put the word upstanding in there. Who is determining right. who is an upstanding citizen and who is the not. monarchs, obviously. Yeah. Uh, number three, to sponsor the sciences of the city and to salvage the ruins beyond. So that is our so that our golden age may be reborn. And this and we'll talk just to bring it up, I think we had it above here in the notes. Or maybe no, I don't know, it's, it's for, down in the, oh, it's for the it's down the crucible section. But to bring it up now real quick, the uh, salvage is a new monarchy sponsored activity. Yes. So that, that runs very much in line with that tenant. Mm. Yep. Number four, to sponsor the Guardian Orders by leading the city in technological innovation. So in this, Orders is capitalized. I think this refers to orders like Titan, Warlock, Hunter, and not necessarily orders that are given by the Guardians. Or, well, or like Pilgrim Guard. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. Number five, to support the natural harmony of the city and to actively dissuade any group or individual that might disrupt that harmony. I like the actively dissuade because ban- <laughs> Bannerfall. So. <laughs> Very political way to say that. Uh, number six, to hold all individuals, compacts, and alliances to the highest standards of productivity and right behavior. Again, who's determining what is right behavior? Uh, number seven, two, by a vote of the consensus, abolish the consensus and transfer ultimate power in order that the rights and liberties of all citizens be secured to a single sovereign of unimpeachable character. <laughs> this is like that's the, the 
tag on fanatics line like this is the the guts of new monarchy right here this is their their core tenant that right. their core tenant is things, to do away with all their tenants yeah the, the core tenant is to get rid of all voting bodies and give all power to one person <laughs> which has always worked uh, really they, well in the past yeah right. i guess maybe in their eyes they see and I, 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 this isn't i'm just spitballing but it's like it seemed you know when the traveler was here maybe they it's the kind of thing where they would have imagined as the traveler itself as the unimpeachable ruler um so you know they're kind of trying to almost replace the traveler in a sense because if the traveler was the unimpeachable character that brought the golden age they want to essentially you know either get a new traveler or rebirth the traveler or a person to fill that role well, and this this brings up an interesting thing. Like, this brings up that the new monarchy, you know, and this is, we've talked about this before, what's left of history, right? So what we know at this point, or what the humans and or what the city knows of human past uh, is controlled a little bit by the cryptarchs, who are sort of the scholars of history here. Mm-hmm. So... It seems like New Monarchy read only the good bits about people who have absolute power <laughs> and none of the <laughs> bad bits in human history about people who get absolute power. Uh, so while it all seems very like noble and fair and just and righteous, uh, it's very much forgetting. It's even forgetting recent history, you know, with like how the factions and the faction wars started. You know, people are fundamentally different. And then they fight with each other. So you're you're not going to find a single sovereign of unimpeachable character. Well, and their right. whole thing is, well, we're going to force you to get together. You know, it's like, <laughs> you don't agree, we'll make you agree. So, and this is also very, this sort of, other than the, the idle chat that we'll talk about, this very much reveals that they're not hot on the speaker. Otherwise, the speaker would be the new monarch. Right. Yeah, they are not a fan. No. Which, now, I mean, in our own time, it makes me want to go read more about Rezel and the whole theory of him being Speaker and try to figure out if it is him, why would New Monarchy hate him so much? But Well, I mean, because, well, imagine, right? So imagine you're, you're the fledgling New Monarchy and say this Rezel guy really was like a standout guardian. He's like right. the, like, like people the, the, considered him a god almost. Yeah, he's like Superman, super Superman Titan. Uh, and then he chooses in the long run to become someone who becomes the speaker. I mean, that seems like a very much not be in line with new monarchy. They'd be pretty like they'd be like, we found this awesome guy. He'd be perfect for this new monarch position. And right. then he chooses a completely yeah, guess, different like, path. Yeah, to, to to see him as someone who is capable of, of bringing about another, you know, golden age, and then for him to kind of walk away, essentially, you know, in a sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so that brings us to um, to the leader of the new monarchy, and so that's a grimoire new monarchy faction rep, and um, you know, in case it's not clear. All the leaders of these factions are humans. Again, we don't have guardian leaders. These are no, they're not. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay, oh sorry. Um, I didn't mean yeah. that. Yeah, I meant <laughs> by human, I mean not guardian. <laughs> yeah. um, so saying we have one exo, one human, and one awoken. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, okay, so Executor Hideo, an upstanding citizen. Hideo was once known for his lavish gifts to children and the elderly. Since he moved from plastil manufacturing to the new monarchy, wasn't plastil plating the Titan material? Was yes, it, it was. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, we used to always kind of think of new monarchy as being Titan gear centric. And this aligns with that in terms of his plastil manufacturing history. Um, he moved to the new monarchy. He has been less forthcoming about his business and less free with his funds. <laughs> uh, but as one of the public faces of the monarchy, he speaks with genuine passion and conviction about the possibilities of a united future. And then I highlighted there, one of the public faces, where are the others? In the other abandoned towers? <laughs> They're I mean, down in the city. You know, they've got to have representatives yeah, the there. You know, this is, he's just the one he, he's the, for us. Yeah, he's, he's the tower he, rep. Yeah, he's the guardian rep. He's just selling us gear, you know. He's he's there for us. But the uh, each one of these factions, they've got lots of sides that we don't see. Yeah. So, and then we have some quotes here from Executor Hideo. I love the first one. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, like... You know, an, up, an upstanding citizen who gave lavish gifts, and he's like, I am known as a giver of gifts <laughs> to the very young and very old. You are neither. <laughs> Prove yourself in the crucible, and the resources of new monarchy will be available to you. You know, technically we are very old. <laughs> yeah, we're older than anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the next the next one too. You don't need consensus to win. You just need a will and a way. So in that consensus is lowercase in that, but I think that message is pretty clear. Yeah, we can kind of rotate. Scooby, you read the next one. Guardians we'll like you give me hope that our best days are ahead of us. There may come a time when new monarchy will need your strength. It's, did you guys yeah. ever play Fable Three? Um, you know, kind of the second half of that game is you've become ruler, basically. <laughs> and then you have to make decisions for everybody or um, rescind and or keep your promises. It's like your ten of destiny, if you are a new monarchy, is you just become ruler. <laughs> you, yes. you become king of all. I, you know, I've, I always wonder if in the original drafts of the game, if, if there was... Or, or maybe still coming in like Destiny Two, if if the factions are going to play a lot more into the story and the things that that occur in the game itself and, and the roles that we take, and you know, because right now they're just sort of backdrop, right? Uh, right? But yeah, well, at the moment it seems like you know Guardians are very much like a branch of the Vanguard, but in a lot of these texts and a lot of these writings, you know, and even with like the Bannerfall Grimoire. You know, you had a group of guardians who were loyal to New Monarchy fighting against a group of guardians who were loyal to the Conquered Dead. Like, that doesn't count the Vanguard at all. Uh, and it seems like the factions have their own just sort of, like, reserves of guardians who fight for their ideologies, and that doesn't come through in the game a lot, you know. In the game, like, it's the colors you wear when you go into the Crucible, like, what team you fight on and who you support. It's not as sort of like ideology based and removed where it's like, Oh yeah, you're, we're a branch of the Vanguard, but when I go into the crucible, I wear DO colors, you know, go team. Right. Like an afterthought, uh, but yeah. it, it, it or, would be it, super interesting if down the line new monarchy comes to look at 
us, you know, like the guardian we play as that figure that they want to give power to. Right. The one who defeated Atheon right. and Oryx yeah. and Crota. Yeah. And... Yeah. We'll but see. they they want they want Zavala on there. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, X-ray, if you're on your turn, read the next quote. Uh, you've got to look at all the alternatives, not flinch, do what has to be done. That one? Yep. I think that one's a jab at dead orbit. And, and <laughs> yes, I think so too. And I like how a lot of these are kind of, they're veiled statements about what we'll read later, which are much harsher statements about doing what you have to <laughs> militaristically. Uh, here, I can read the next one. We we built the Golden Age before. We can do it again, right here, right now. So yeah, that goes right back to, they want to go back to the Golden Age. I hear him say that all the time. Like, you'd be running up the stairs from, like, the shader kiosk, and you'll just catch the, right here, right now. Like, he, <laughs> he, he says it, like, so forcefully when he, when he says it in the game. Uh, I'll take the next one. Uh, the Innocent Scholar Act, the Cryptarchs are more of a player than they pretend. Yeah. I agree with you on that one, Executive Hideo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they took they purposely put Rahul out front because he's like the most airheaded <laughs> cryptarch and he gives us like false front of what they're actually doing, but the reality is they're like the the gatekeepers of all history and all golden age things go through the cryptarchs first. Yeah. Which kind of puts them in, in line of as a uh, a faction in their own right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, for all us lore people, we just need to join the crypt. <laughs> if you join the crypt, if you join the crypt, cryptarchs, it unlocks a whole separate series of grimoire. Just for, uh, I, just hey, for us. I've, I've mentioned this before. I want to join the cryptarchy just so I can decrypt my own engrams in the field. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that actually, I, the idea of unique perks, I would love that. New monarchy is always about technology. You know, their guardians get some special tech perk that you know. Nobody else gets. Anyway, so this this next quote is dead orbit has the ability to flee at any time. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, next quote is is I think planting a seed on on making us guess who New Monarchy wants to put in that seat because it's Hideo saying, "I like Jax. He doesn't mess around." All about those Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do seem to enjoy their Titans. So next one's pretty basic. The uh, stand by our allies, put our enemies down. That's politics. Uh, that's a weird kind of politics, but sure, I'll go along with it. <laughs> he just He's not specifying enemies there. Yeah. Could be a very broad statement. So the next the next group, this is, these are like more cryptic ones. These, yeah. This next group of quotes, uh, I think, meant to inject a little bit of... Of mystery mystery yeah so yeah the first one is if the rumors are true fallen don't know what they're sitting on um and we don't really know what he's referring to it could be a rasputin reference you know when they were sitting in the cosmodrome could be a reference academy reference yeah on venus um they were very much involved with the academy so yeah and this next one's a bit of history that we know nothing about really uh the foundries are untouchable. The consensus saw to that. So as far as I know, we we don't have any grimoire or anything in the game that points us toward the, 
towards the consensus making a decision that the foundries were somehow off limits. I can understand why they'd want to do that. Uh, when I'm trying to write, maybe you don't want certain foundries aligning with certain, you know, you, you want everyone to have the, the best guns available. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to remember, are, are there even grimoire for the foundries themselves? There are not. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of history there that we could get someday. Here, why don't you take the next one, Beta, just because it's got your favorite person. <laughs> Access to Rasputin just needs the right team. Team of one man. Yeah, seriously. Well, <laughs> well this makes me wonder, right? So when you beat uh, Saber 2 and sh- they talk about Shax talks about the other teams they found scattered across the Cosmodrome. Uh, were those new monarchy teams? <laughs> Maybe. Well, and then, uh, and it, this is interesting because in the... The last ray mission that we talked about last week, that was a dead orbit team. Yes. And so the, it seems like they're among the factions, there is very much a competition to get access to Rasputin. Hmm. Which is kind of terrifying. Um. Yes, I get the feel. <laughs> Good chance Rasputin does not care at all about any of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. And and that's kind of why I think the fallen quote earlier might refer to Rasputin, the fallen yeah. sitting on Rasputin, because of this one. Here we go. Here, here's his benevolent one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because somebody has to. Oh, thanks. How noble you are. <laughs> uh, you're, you're so pious, Hideo. And I love this last one because it reveals a little bit of uh, some of their unspoken beliefs, which is the traveler left us long ago. We have to rule ourselves. So they, they see the traveler as having abandoned humanity. And that's, that's interesting too, right? Because that is also not that we're going to go into it, but that also aligns with dead orbits philosophy that the traveler is dead and we need to get away from it. Like it's, it's a dead god. There's no point hanging around. Right. So maybe there's maybe and maybe that's a thread we'll uncover as we talk about all these different factions is that for as different as they are, there's this common thread uh, through all of them. And that common thread could be the traveler and, and their ideas about it. And that stands sort of like in direct competition to the speaker as well. And, you know, the speaker is very much. Yeah, he's polar opposite. Yeah. He very much believes the Traveler is our, our one and only savior and our last hope. Which actually, yeah, that does explain more why they hate the Speaker so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they hate him as much as they just don't think, don't think he's he should doing, have the yeah, power Don't think he he's does. doing the right things. Yeah. I mean, I hate the Speaker. But <laughs> <laughs> I also hate you the hate, You hate so Eris, you hate the Speaker. <laughs> do, you, do you like anybody, Drop? I like Eris. I just think her brain is a bag of cats. <laughs> yep, fingers, you know, just not not re- scraping not against your mind. Cat, do cat fingers yeah. on cat brain. Cat fingers. It's it, it's inside out. <laughs> the uh, the final sequence where the cats are just doing whatever in the brain. So which ones are the cat's hands? I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We took it too far. <laughs> now, next thing you're going to tell me is that there are no cats with hands or feet. And so uh, 
because the, the vex the because the no <laughs> because, oh, drop yeah because, because the vex the, the vex took the hands so now we've got to have cat hands and feet to be able to shoot go. next year's exotic vex themed weapon, weapon for some reason formed <laughs> you, you need pause specifically for cat hands yeah. cat. hey tiger man confirmed Ooh, there you yeah. go oh my gosh that would be Strap hilarious the if there was a a, a vex themed exotic that was cat hands or cat feet and it's boots and it removes all fall damage <laughs> nice or just nine lives you get self res nine times without penalty whoa whoa that's Ooh. not op at all <laughs> <laughs> i'll think of how much fun you could have exploring with no fall damage that'd be great uh anyway <clears throat> crucible so we talked about this, that right now in the game, really, the factions are, you know, like Crucible sponsors. Uh, and there's more to the Crucible, I think, than we like to sort of admit or recognize on a regular basis. And that really comes out with what uh, we have right here, Salvage. You know, so the when you're doing this comes from the, I believe, the Shacks weekly bounties when you're on that path to unlock Shax's weekly bounties. Uh, one of the titles you have to earn is New Monarchy Relic Seeker. Uh, and that is Salvage. <clears throat> so, salvage match simulates Golden Age Relic acquisition. Succeed here, and hunters will be begging you to watch their backs during a plunder. So Salvage really is training for uh, Relic hunting for New Monarchy. And... And I was just thinking about this because we're talking about crucible involvement of the factions. And I guess, I mean, it seems like Bungie tried to get a little bit of involvement and I'm in PVE and I'm thinking of patrols because there are certain, um, you know, depending on what the patrol mission type is, yes. certain people will speak, but it, it's a very kind of subdued, you know, kind of background thing. So you don't tend to notice it, but yeah, in, in theory, You've got these salvage missions, which are training you for then patrol, you know, exercises that you need to go gather something or scan something. So my my regular crew refers to the uh, the bounties or the the objectives, the beacon objectives when you're patrolling uh, as kill all top hat uh, scan and compass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not counting the new race one, whatever that one is. Yeah. Uh, but very frequently, uh, kill all is new monarchy. <laughs> hmm. uh, when what is it? It's like Hideo will say, like you know, uh, this is our history out here. Uh, yeah. He just wants you to just go murder everything. <laughs> I guess it goes with the uh, the first tenant: secure the walls against the enemy. Yeah. So, and then skirmish. Skirmish is also a new monarchy crucible uh, game type. So, an, another title you have to earn along that path is new monarchy skirmisher. Uh, I think this quote is a more recent quote, but is become very famous. I think among the community, just for the language used in it, but, uh, <laughs> there's something so personal about small scale battles. It's in skirmish that rivalries become battles of thorns and last words, Lord Shacks. <laughs> there you go. And then yep. Rezel is Dredgen Yor. And then Rezel was a member of New oh, Monarchy. 
and he, he became the speaker, thus abandoning them, but also why they're so close to the thorn and last word. Oh, so the speaker is dredging your, that's why he can, he can purify <laughs> the cursed thorn when you first get it. There you go. All right, this has and been a all, great episode. Let's uh, confirmed new monarchy. <laughs> we solved it, guys. We did it. Oh man! <laughs> How do we even get uh, back on track? Like this. So earlier we talked about the cult of Osiris, <laughs> uh, and it turns out, and we also talked about the Trinary Star Cult. So it turns out that New Monarchy is pursuing both of these cults. For the most part, I don't know if there's like a branch of new monarchy that deals with cultists, but. Uh, and the entire grimoire card for the lighthouse is a report to Executor Hideo from a new monarchy team. Uh, so new monarchy entered a team in the trials of Osiris. They apparently went flawless and found their way to the lighthouse. Uh, and this card is their report back. And it's a super interesting card, uh, especially as it relates to sort of the tenets of New Monarchy and what they might be up to. Uh, so we can... So yes, let's see. So it's a report from the Caloris Spires, which you say drop is an impact basin on Mercury, or the Caloris yes, Planitia. Plan, plan, yes. Planitia. <laughs> yep. yep. It's one of the largest impact basins in the solar system. It's a mass the caloris basin on mercury hmm. and then let's see here um the team you know and this is kind of the same very much the same experience that a lot of guardians have when they go i assume i've never been but <laughs> they approached peacefully and kept their weapons holstered um they say it's i love this line the sights we saw executor mercury is a beautiful place and forbidding on the descent, we mapped sprawling patterns of Vex light, an entire metropolis of unknown purpose. So there's a Vex city on Mercury. Uh, or there's, there was a, a human city that was Vexified. Uh, I think I used Technoformed last time we talked about this. But yeah, there's, there's a city standing on Mercury still. <clears throat> cool. Uh, the spires strobe with lightning, the mist of burnt rock or some other <clears throat> effluvia blows across the landscape cut into circuits the size of cities. There is an atmosphere, as in all post-traveler records, the Vex have not disposed of it. I don't know why. Why would the Vex dispose? We don't have any I guess they have no evidence. Need. We don't know if they have need of an atmosphere. I mean, we don't have evidence that they do. But we don't have evidence they've ever done it before. I don't know why that would be something you'd think of. Well, right? you know, they've terraformed the entire planet to be a, you know, a huge Vex mine. Computer. It's, it's just, I think they're just noting that, hey, look, the atmosphere is still here. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, there you go. Uh, this This next paragraph is, it's right in line with what you would expect from this, but it's kind of an interesting... The first sentence I had to read like five times kept throwing me off. I thought it was a typo. Because <laughs> uh, there should be a comma right... After surface? Here. <laughs> from, but there's not on the card. From the surface, comma. Comma. Hey, wasn't this card introduced with House of Wolves? Uh, yeah, I believe it was. Okay, so I'm calling out John Ryan on his editing for this one. <laughs> you, forgot, you forgot a comma, uh -oh. John. <laughs> <laughs> from the surface of the sun, comma... Wait, what? 
From the surface, comma. (laughs) From the surface, comma, the sun is too large and too dim. Perhaps it is the influence of the Vex construct distorting the image. Perhaps Mercury is in many places at once. We stood for some time staring into the solar fire. I hold myself responsible for the delay. Uh, weren't you ever? Weren't you always told as a kid not to stare directly into the sun? We have special guardian visors, space visors now. We're good. Do we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sneeze. Anyway, but that. So, and I know this has happened, as everything does on the Reddit community, where people were trying to determine, you know, if Mercury is out of orbit or how close it is to the sun or how far away it is based on the size of the sun and the horizon. Uh, And this very clearly states that not only is the sun not as bright as it should be from Mercury, but it's way too big. When I read this, it was, to me, a very obvious retcon to address those concerns. (laughs) <laughs> it's like oh they're right we better mention that in the next grimoire card <laughs> john get on that <laughs> but that so with that in mind like if vex so if vex constructs can distort your perception of what's happening around you like maybe the maybe the vault of glass is only like two stories. It's just distorted to look like it's a hundred miles down. Right. Well, uh, there's the this is not the vault of glass episode, but most of the vault gear always says things like "Do not let it come into contact with your skin" and things. Yeah, because it definitely has effects on the brain. So, and then we have perhaps Mercury's in many places at once. What that has to do with anything, <laughs> as it you know, its position to the sun is. A weird jump to make but again we know vex can instance themselves many places at the same time we know that osiris was described as having the ability to do that and mercury is very closely tied with the vex and osiris so well and there's the uh and the jumping puzzle they've referred to or any any type of jumping spire that's vex like they've always referred to as almost like these processes or processors that are phasing in and out of our timeline yeah and so it's like you know at this point since mercury as a planet is basically a giant computer you know the whole planet might be phasing in and out of various times or spaces and things i really hope we get to patrol mercury in destiny and it's just a giant jumping puzzle that would be awesome yeah i i say that as a as a i hope so (laughs) Oh, I'm totally. There would be so many people that would never go there, and if they did, they would (laughs) never last. Jumping puzzles just are just plague so many people. The the hidden chests would be amazing. Oh man, we want. I want it. I want a patrol sized version of the crucible maps on Mercury. Separate the mans from the boys. Vex teleporters and everything. Okay. Man cannons. <laughs> they have launchers all over the place. Like a like, That's on Mars. Like a maze of launchers. <laughs> launchers. You have to you have like, to launch and then time it so that the platform you're gonna land on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Or it's like one of those automatic like those automatic Mario levels where you step into one and it just keeps shooting you places. <laughs> Alright. Uh <clears throat> moving on. 
The site we were invited to is clearly a cult of Osiris camp. We found stores of glimmer, equipment, and books. A grounded ship of conventional design rests unguarded. The architecture is clearly self-evidently vex, but it has been or- ornamented extensively with fabrics and ritual objects of unknown provenance. Maybe they had to leave because they were stockpiling more than 25,000 glimmer at a time. Ooh. And the laws of the universe kicked in and uh-huh. phased them all out of existence. Yep. Like, Do you get glimmer when you open the chest? On has Have any of us gone to the lighthouse? I've no, been there, but it's been a while i haven't i i don't don't we need dragon think you get glimmer when you open it so because you get equipment you might get glimmer but nobody gets books i if you could get (laughs) books at the lighthouse i would be there tomorrow (laughs) uh i want books oh man so i was busy getting garbage gear (laughs) Can you imagine if you opened, if you opened the chest after going flawless and it gave you a book instead of like a gun or armor? It would be so you know how mad. many like PVPers would be Mario. so pissed? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Grimoire card unlocked for opening the chest, and that's all you get. Hey, that's <laughs> that's the entire reason I wanted to go just for that. Yeah, those fifteen oh, yeah, points. I, that's, that's I, I would, I I would be fine too. not even opening the chest. I just want to get the Grimoire card. <laughs> I just want to go explore that whole area. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay. It says, uh, I became convinced during the inspection that we were being watched. We ordered our ghosts to stay close. One of my fire teams suggested we search for connections to the trinary star cultists, but if they exist, we couldn't see them. So this brings up trinary star, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, so the trinary star itself uh, the newer entry that we have is the Hunter Artifact, uh, which has the flavor text, We were fools to trust this god machine, this bringer of death and darkness. Uh, our original introduction to the Trinary Star cult was the cloak, uh, cult, Trinary Star. Uh, the mark of the Trinary Star, the hidden cult who cursed the Traveler's Light. So it seems that new monarchy is on the hunt a bit for the trinary star cult. Yeah. And let's see. We inspected the carvings and the trinkets left by the Osiris cultists. All of us began to depart from ordinary experience. And this sounds very much like the flavor texts of things that you get in the vault of glass and just anything with Vex. My exo-teammate described the sense that she was buried beneath an enormous operating mass, locked up in a tiny crevasse at the bottom of a labyrinth or mechanism. And we won't read it here, but um, if anyone has the Collector's Edition and the Cade's Treasure Island book, he describes kind of like his consciousness almost locked up in a little box inside of him. Um he says it's like a box tucked at the back in the back of a closet, filled with trinkets and odd notions kept for no obvious reason. But yeah, it seems like the Exo's sensation is very much kind of tied to that. Hmm. You know. You think this is a deep stone crypt thing? Um not necessarily deep stone crypt, but I think it's very much it's very exo to kind of have your original kind of human consciousness almost locked tucked away, and then there's your kind of exo consciousness. And so here, yeah, the exo is feeling the sensation that she's, that her true self is kind of buried, you know, this buried beneath an enormous operating mass locked up. It's almost like she's 
you know, feeling like her true self is locked in this tiny box. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> Do you want her to read this next part? Well, she's only three, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My awoken teammate felt an ongoing sense of deja vu. Her actions were precessed by an infinite echo, an anticipation of all her choices. She became volatile and erratic. She insisted that we were surrounded. I'm not sure if we have the awoken. We haven't haven't like, sort of dove super deep into awoken yet. Uh, but the infinite echo certainly seems vexish in nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, that that's very much the uh, when we whenever we discuss future war cult and the device, it, this is kind of mirror feels like it mirrors sensations that people who use the device felt. Yeah. The same with the volatility. Like people who are exposed to that device do often become volatile and erratic as well. Mm-hmm. So, I remember, and we don't know. We presume the author is human so we have one human one awoken and one exo which is why they all experience different things but it's not said directly i remember a low ringing sound and a sense of numb filth like gravel rubbed into a wound i experienced a sense of imminence as if i was bleeding into the world around me it was uncomfortable and profoundly alienating I perceived all my actions as determined and inevitable. And I highlighted that because that very much seems like the Vex pattern. Yeah. And then these are other, we get a little bit of these sense from the, the Ishtar team who was investigating the Vex. Uh, they had similar senses when they were talking about the effect being around Vex architecture has on humans. Uh, and that it causes strange hallucinations and synesthesia and weird feelings about bleeding into your environment. And My ghost commented that the Traveler had made something of this world, and then the Vex had eaten that something. We gathered the treasure left for us and departed as quickly as we could. This concludes my report. May it bring some advantage to our cause. <clears throat> I wonder what their drops were. <laughs> I, I wonder how the cultists who maintain a presence there deal with, with that sort of constant uh, vexness all around them. Well, so I wonder if, you know, a lo- it's, we know that Brother Vance is blind, right? So I wonder if losing that sight in a way deadens the effect that the Vex architecture can have on you because you're you're cutting out one of your major perceptions. Like you're not constantly faced with like either a visual paradox or the sun being too big or not bright enough or you can't witness the architecture around you. Like maybe it could heighten your other senses and give you a different interpretation of where you are and what's happening around you. But maybe without sight, it's not quite so disorienting. Or 
and uh, there's the quotes. I, well, we have this kind of evidence with Eris where, you know, she says now that she doesn't have her eyes, she sees better than before. Mm-hmm. And there's, I believe, quotes from Brother Vance where he kind of sees, you know, he's blind, but he sees much more than we do or things like that. So it might also be this idea of kind of almost giving yourself instead of trying to resist the Vex effects, essentially giving yourself to them. And so they, they're no longer alienating because you've kind of full, full on committed to, to what they're bringing you. Yeah. I'd love to see whoever the next Osiris cultist we meet, love to see whether or not they're blind. Interesting. If they all, you know, if they, if they all choose a sense or if it's all the same thing, you know, how does that all work? I think it'd be a little disappointing if they weren't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we really don't know anything about the, the cult of Osiris. I mean, we know some things about them, but not certainly we haven't encountered enough of them to, to know if there's a common thread between all of them other than their bananas devotion to Osiris. So and maybe that's part of you know, maybe that's part of being a crucible champion. You know, maybe part of exerting your strength as of a guardian is not so much you proving that you could fight alongside Osiris, just proving that you could even survive on Mercury in the first place. Uh, that your will is sort of strong enough to to stand guard against the the constant oppression of whatever the Vex effect is on whoever's there. Well, and I mean, yeah, the first trials of Osiris they ever held was burning shrine. Yeah. And since then, you know, the maps have rotated and changed, but you know, that, that might've been very much on purpose, you know, for that original sense of the purpose is to see how you fare on Mercury. Yeah. So this next uh, one is actually much more PVE focused. Yes. So, well, so this is interesting. So, and this ties these two cards together, right? So, New Monarchy is very focused on Earth, the city, the people. You know, their their Mm -hmm. core tenants say, like, focus inward to defend ourselves from the things outside us. But here they are sending a team very far away from the city. Uh, to Mercury, which seems like that's not like this doesn't seem in line with their tenants. Like right. With what I know. Does. The tenant says, you know, defending the enemies without the walls, but that kind of implies that they're still, yeah, they're staying within range. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we have this next card, which is Grimoire Cabal Champions that opens with that very sentiment. Yeah. The narrator says, Executor, I want to note again how strongly I feel that the tenants do not cover this kind of field work. The real battle is back at home, in the heart of the city, in the people of the tower. So yeah, very much. Um, and then we'll read here what exactly it is they're doing that this narrator doesn't feel fits the tenant. But in any case, as you requested, I've made a detailed study of the Cabal command structure aboard the Dreadnought. Detailed notes are enclosed, but suffice it to say, their normally robust military engine has found itself hopelessly mired aboard Oryx's fortress. So they're essentially doing reconnaissance work, right? Yeah, they sent a team to the Dreadnought. 
uh, which is which this particular guy is like this is way outside of what we we should be doing this doesn't like it only loosely concerns the city and the tower and what's happening back at home like this is why are we out here yeah uh, our assaults on cabal leadership in system have had has had a devastating impact. The Skyburners, Primus, his Bond brothers, Valis Ta'arik, Valis Traug, Primus Sha'al, a smattering of lesser vowels and Brachuses, all dead or on the run, thanks to us. Uh, in short, I believe your supposition is correct. The Empire will have no choice but to respond. And that sort of gives some insight into why Hideo sent this guy out here. It's you know it's whether he sees it coming but it's my my gut feeling is that he sees this as a chance to maneuver politically in some way towards the city if the cabal empire is is indeed coming our way well you know he did he does need to know that because defense of our walls defense of our city that's a legitimate concern but i think there's also some uh machinations going on as well well yeah do we think that one of those one of those sort of intentional moves is that hideo may have manipulated a particular course of events to draw the cabal empire here so he would have an excuse (laughs) to start fortifying the city and put one single person in power and at this point you know given that they're so hot on Zavala and Zavala is the general, the vanguard who led us against the cabal for the most part, they could say, Hey, the cabal empire is coming and we have somebody here who would be perfect as monarch who knows the cabal inside and out. Oh, it just happens to be the guy we want anyway. It's commander Zavala. Yeah, that's definitely within, uh, within the realms of what they do. I, I, I think, saying that he had orchestrated events to to bring the cabal here might be a little strong, but he's definitely using it to his advantage. Well, and Drop has a comment in the line above where it says, you know, all dead or on the run, thanks to us. And it's a little unclear if us is referring to guardians, vanguards, you know, us or us new monarchy. Because if us is new monarchy then it does seem a little bit more like he's been very strategically focusing on Cabal yeah. missions. Yeah, because this is a private report back to to Hideo. And actually, we're going to learn in a quote a little bit further down that uh, transmissions that occur directly to Hideo are encrypted with a cipher that not even ghosts can crack. <laughs> so us knowing that this is a private message eyes only for hideo us could be used a little bit more loosely and refer to new monarchy rather than us guardians that's a good point so yeah so the so new monarchy uh keenly aware of what's going on with the cabal (laughs) which may pivot them if if upcoming expansions are dealing with the cabal new monarchy may be taking a, a more front and center role here yeah. I'll be watching it all from orbit on my dead orbit ship, but <laughs> sure, have fun. <laughs> so this next, I'm, I'm loving, so this next section, we're going to go through a bunch, um, a lot more of the quotes that, you know, didn't quite fit earlier. And this gives us some, but, some interesting stuff. Some, yeah, some insight into, 
into new monarchy and what they say when people are around and what they say when people are not around. Yeah. And unfortunately, <clears throat> when I was, you know, capturing all these, I didn't really mark whether I was within earshot or not. So we'll have to do that for future ones. But um, but you can usually tell by the tone. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the first one, fallen howling at the walls, faction... I'm sorry. Someone else read. I got to clear my throat. (laughs) (laughs) Fallen howling at the walls, factions at each other's throats. Can't go on like this. All right. I agree with you. I agree with Hideo on this one. It's been like that for a long time, apparently. I know. (laughs) Uh, I hear him say this next one all the time, and I want to hit him every time. (laughs) I'm convinced that he only says this if you show up wearing dead orbit gear. No, because I've... I've captured some of these, I swear, and not wearing Dead Orbit stuff. Because it wasn't more than a day ago, I ran, because my, my <laughs> brother was checking what new monarchy had for sale, and I was standing next to him, and I, so I ran up to Hideo, and I always have my new monarch, my Dead Orbit cloak on, and the first thing he says is, Dead Orbit, they're low-grade people, <laughs> want to cut and run, no backbone, and I want to just choke the life <laughs> out of him. And I, yeah, I guess it, maybe he says it regardless, but the uh, the RNG is is ticked up a notch if you're wearing <laughs> dead orbit gear. So there's another one. Maybe we should just let dead orbit go. The city's better off without them. Yeah, well, we're better off without you, jerk. <laughs> so this next one could be in direct relation to salvage or salvage operations. <clears throat> another? What do you mean? Dead Orbit secured another area? How the hell? It's because we're better than you. (laughs) (laughs) If if those greasy-fingered little arcs come scavenging around here again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Hideo? (laughs) (laughs) The last one is Dead Orbit is a distraction. Uh, the city needs to face reality. Which, again, goes back to, at its core, New Monarchy has a good point. You know, uh, humanity needs to stay banded together, and they need to focus, and they need to rely on their ingenuity and their strength and their laws and their hope and forge a new future to, to create the future for themselves. Uh and then drop you have the response. I had to. I couldn't just let this go in Hideo's voice only. So yeah, so from, so, from Arak Jalal, the new monarchy offers false hope. No king or queen can stand against the darkness. New monarchy also offers false hope. The war cult offers despair. We have... Uh, go ahead, Scooby. Oh, is there more here? Yep, there we go. Let the executors mark us. We'll see how ridiculous King fares when the (laughs) darkness comes. (laughs) Uh, This is the best one at the end here. If the executors stand in our way, they will see that we're not afraid to fight. I just noticed that's executors, plural. So again, there's more of them somewhere. Yep. So next we have my (laughs) special someone. We have the future war cult. 
So, uh, new, monarchi- new Monarchy's feelings about the future war cult. The FWC act like they're just preparing for war, but they're up to something. You bet we are. Yeah, yeah he's he not wrong. Definitely not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the FWC, all secrets and nonsense. Oh, it's Also not, true. It's not nonsense, but <laughs> we are full of secrets. Um, this is my favorite one. I hear him say this one all the time. <laughs> Go, read it. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't get the FWC. Life sucks. Boo hoo. Nothing we can do about it. Traitor talk. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I don't even the next one. I don't even want to talk about the war cult. Bunch of freaks. (laughs) The best quote here, though, is Lakshmi too, on future on new monarchy. Her response. Yeah. (laughs) What do I think of the new monarchy? Ha ha ha! I don't. Really? <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, w- I can't reproduce Lakshmi to his voice, but hearing her say that is just so funny. She's so condescending. It's ridiculous. Uh, well, now that we know how they feel about the other factions, how does New Monarchy feel about the speaker? Well, so uh, here's the, this ahead. first quote here. If the speaker won't take charge of the consensus, then we'll have to do it ourselves. This very much belies sort of like the <laughs> if if you know if nobody's going to follow the path that we think is right we'll we'll just make everybody do it ourselves this next one i told the speaker we need leadership and i don't know is he even human <laughs> i i what wonder does that when have to that, do with anything and i wonder when that one was introduced um cuz there's a reference in the grimoire of the mask of the speaker so he wasn't always a masked individual and so right but we also know the speaker's a guardian because he has a ghost right it makes which which implies that it's probably been the same guy um and now and this throws some interesting it's interesting because it's like they're old they've been there since the faction wars and yet they don't seem to know who the speaker is yeah and i was gonna say it throws an interesting light on the the rezzle theory uh you know because if that's true you know the his identity has been lost up to this point. The speaker is still a mystery. Yes. Yeah. And the Rezzel card starts also the, in the Rezzel card starts with Rezzel Azir was a man. Uh, so <laughs> whether that is a direct sort of callback to this quote was, is he even human there? That would be so awesome if they just snuck it in there. Like the direct reference <laughs> that Rezzel is the speaker and it was just pointing back to this line. Anyway. The uh, the speaker doesn't know how to rule the day. We've lost, and I have in parentheses. It might say then we've lost. I didn't capture that one quite right, but this is. I mean, this very much. So this shows that they, the new monarchy wants a ruler in the speaker, and the speaker's not interested in being a ruler. He's interested in being the speaker. Uh, you know, the speaker's more like, you know, the pope than he is, you know, like a dictator. Right. And these next, speaking of dictators, <laughs> these next ones are where we start getting some of the good stuff. <laughs> so it starts out very cheery. We have a, the city looks bright from up here. It's like how hopeful, you know? Um, then we have, how can he even see the city from his little dark corner though? Well, he can we'll sort of stand. O- we'll have to go stand over there. I think he can you peek can, through you can like peek a few out holes. towards the right there. Yeah. Overpassed where Zer stands. 
Yeah, that city's not he, in that direction. Though. The no. city's behind him. He could he could walk to the edge, I suppose. To about <laughs> I hope he does. I'm gonna push him off. <laughs> well, if you oh, did, I'm sorry, he, I forgot you didn't have a ghost, Hideo. Well, you know, Oops. if you pushed him over, he'd simply say, "The city's my home." They're asking to wait. They're asking to give up on it. I won't. See his final words, just like I won't give yeah. up. I won't give up. Drop though you push me off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> again that well that, again that phrase very much seems sort of like a jab at dead orbit yeah i was thinking the same so thing has to give up on it yeah yeah and th- these next two are where it starts getting a little darker <laughs> so block by block if we have to street by street until the city's fixed and so you could think okay like you know he just wants to make sure that they don't leave any part of the city unturned until you read the next quote where I don't care if the city supports us, it will fall in line when the time is right. And then that line block by block sounds much more militaristic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and those are, those are lines that he says when he does not believe you're, you're listening. And then they're taking resources. The city can't spare. What do we think that's in reference to? It might be Dead Orbit. It seems like Dead Orbit's always trying to gather resources for the fleet. True. But it could be Guardians who need to be armored and outfitted and given ships. And Yeah. Uh, I also think it could be in reference, because there's a reference, there's a comment before about the uh, foundries being untouchable. And the foundries must use tons of resources. True. Yeah. I mean, really, it could, it, that could be pointed at anything and i think everything's valid you know it's hideo just the city is is what they're concerned about if you're taking him away you're in his you're in his sights so then these uh pretty much this last kind of set we have are about the future king so we've mentioned Zavala a bunch, and here are the the two quotes that we are kind of referring to. It says, if Zavala would help us, I'd put him on a throne, but he won't. And then, we'll try him again then. Keep trying Zavala until he helps. So they, they seem to be very much focused on Zavala. <laughs> yeah, they like. I think they like him. They like his, his no-nonsense sort of militaristic right, he, view. He is very much, yeah, kind of the leader. Go, do, go get it done. Yeah. And he's also, I mean, he's he's like an OG Titan. Like, he was there. He always sort of uh, advises defense of the city. Like, True. He, he was at Shaxx running headfirst. Yeah. The, yeah. Zavala's whole MO is to keep the city safe, which is exactly what New Monarchy wants. Uh, although I do think that Zavala is a little bit bloodthirsty and maybe a little bit crazy. <laughs> Although based on some of these quotes, the new monarchy might be too. Yes. <laughs> they might, I guess they might be read because of the blood in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so this next, this next one, he says, when you're around him, you get it, right? I can see you're thinking about it. Picture it, a golden throne. <laughs> Come on, really? A golden throne. Uh huh. How about a golden gun? Sure. Get the right. Where are you going? Go ahead. Where Where are you going to put it? Where is the golden throne going to go? Like at the the very top of one of the towers? 
and one dude's going to sit up there with his new monarchy <laughs> flag, like <laughs> looking down over the city that he rules. Yeah. They'll put it on top of the traveler. They're going to build a little throne. It's like the, uh, the spire on the death star where it's just, you know, death star and then random tall spire. They're just going <laughs> to, they're going to perch it right on top of the traveler. They're going to project the new monarchy logo onto the traveler. <laughs> so we've got to uh, get the right one in the throne and the factions will rally around them. That's, you know, very much with their tenant. Yeah. Except for dead orbit who will just fly away. Yep. Yeah. I want peace. Who doesn't, but you can't get peace without a leader. And then finally we'll know our King when we find him. Why's it gotta be a him? Yeah, come on, executor. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 one's pretty ominous, right? We'll know our king when we find him. You know, and everything that we've dealt with for the past six to eight months has been in direct reference to the Taken King, <laughs> Oryx. Uh, yeah. Not that I think that this is a reference to that, but we've at this point, I think every guardian. Uh, and most of the people in the city have had it about up to their eyes with kings. <laughs> yeah. So I've been recording for two hours. So we have this equipment section. Uh, I'm assuming we want to push through it, right? Yeah. I mean, if we go a little, if we go a little bit at, right at the very end right here. Yeah, so if we go just a little bit faster, I think we can push through this last section here which is equipment so all the wonderful things the new monarchy grants us guardians yeah so let's yeah we'll get we'll jump into this and and get through it so let's talk about gear so we mentioned this earlier new monarchy used to be intellect strength so very much a titan kind of thing um since the taken king that's kind of disappeared but anyway and what's interesting about these armor sets and what I kind of like about the factions is they change, um, with the expansions. And so we've got kind of almost, you know, like seasons of armor and with each season, there's some different text and some different, uh, themes going on. So the first one, so taken King, the armor set, uh, kind of was around Calipolis. And drop, you have a note here. It's Latin for good city. Um, and the name. But it's also the name that Socrates used for Utopia in the Plato's Republic. Okay. So, yeah, so this armor is kind of like the Utopia set. Um, and then there's some quotes here. So, there's ob- obviously we've got our, you know, gloves, hood. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, for ca- for the helmet. There's a mask, there's a hood, but then I think this is the Titan one. It's the, the Titan it's the one, crown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find this happens a couple times in the new monarchy gear where Titans get special names for their gear that the other two classes do not. That's right. Although as, as a Titan, that's awesome, but future work hold. So, <laughs> so, so the crown says not the past, not the future. The present is where we should turn our eyes. And it, the past, it's kind of weird that they say that considering how much they talk about wanting to get back to the golden age. Yes. The future I get, they're kind of, you know, like maybe future war cult or dead orbit, you know, trying to fly away, worried about what's coming. 
Um, but the whole past thing doesn't quite seem to fit. It also reminds me of uh, Qui-Gon Jinn at the very beginning of Phantom Menace, where he says, don't center on your anxieties, Obi-Wan. Keep your attention in the here and now. Yeah. Never, don't be mindful of the, of the future, but not at the expense of the present. Yeah. Then the, uh, the gauntlets. Uh, and again, all these are Cali-Polis, Cali but we cannot win the war beyond our walls without first winning the people within them. Which, which very much falls in line with the outward tenets, though from that Cobal yes. one, there might be kind of more secret internal tenets that they're following. So, and then the, the plate, robes, and vest is the city's ruler must be a warrior as well as a philosopher. I, I mean, that seems kind of like a no-brainer, but I think they prefer a warrior even without the philosopher part. <laughs> yeah. Because Titans, I love, you know, being a Titan, but we're not known for our wise understanding sometimes. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. We, we tend to... Please, re- please refer to our Titan episode. Yeah, please <laughs> refer to our Titan episode. Um, and then the legs, greaves, boots, and legs. A city is only as strong as its leader. So again, all these very much, this kind of series having to do with the city and um, establishing a good leader for our utopia. Yeah. So drop, you have a comment on this next one. So the house of wolves set was the electors set. And now you say, uh, most likely a reference to a member of the electoral college of the Holy Roman empire, which also seems slightly weird you know, this idea of an electoral college considering how much they want a king. <laughs> well, no, I mean, so, but these, these were the people who elected the Holy Roman emperors, right? So by wearing this gear, you're saying, I'm part of the group of people who are going to, to, to crown the who next support emperor. the king. And, and the, the flavor text very much supports that name for this gear because the, the, this whole set of gear is all about the people. Yeah. Yeah, this first one, the uh, the cask, hood, and mask. This we pledge to die for your right to be heard. So that's very and much a for the people statement. Yeah, and the gloves are the same. So true power comes from the hands of the people. I like that. Do you know it was the gloves, and then they snuck in the hands of the people quote there. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Well, yeah, that's gonna ring true for the boots as well. So, yeah, so the heart, the elector's heart. We don't have a third one here. I think we might have missed one. Is the heart the titan piece? Or? No, the heart is the titan piece and the hunter piece. Okay, okay. And then the robe for the warlock. Warlocks. So, they will know you fight not for yourself, but for the people's will. And that just comes from, again, it's direct reference to what wearing this gear represents. Yeah. Then the boots, our footfalls forge the path to a new age. Yeah. Yeah, so I like this. How, uh, and I already mentioned it, but I like reading these because, yeah, there's definitely kind of a, a theme with each series of armor. So this next one, these next ones, I don't think 
Dark Below actually made a switch. Um, or if it did, it got kind of, in the databases I looked at, it got kind of bled together with vanilla. Well, it's weird. So, and I found out this looking through a lot of the armory in the database and things like that, is that the only House of Wolves and the Dark Below are not considered by a lot of the databases as quote-unquote expansions. Like, only the Taken King is considered a quote-unquote expansion. <laughs> so sometimes it's difficult to determine where exactly things came from or what gear sets are considered what part of what what I think we consider expansions to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I consider the Dark Below House of Wolves and the Taken King the three expansions on the right. original Destiny. Uh, but as far as database stuff is concerned, only the Taken King is an expansion. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of these I found digging through kind of some of the old wiki, you know, community wikis and things where they had gone. That hadn't been updated in a long time, but I, at least I knew that they did it during House of Wolves. So I'm like, oh, well, this must have been the House of Wolves armor. Yeah. But, so, yeah, so the the kind of vanilla stuff was uh, the Order series of armor and then the the Just, Hustakar, Justicar, Justicar, Justicar uh, series. So the order one is uh, very much kind of about, is militaristic very much. So we have the, the cask, hood, and mask. Enough talk. The time for action has come. Wait. The time has come for action. Yes. And, so. And very much the next one, the gloves. A finger can be broken. A fist cannot. So, and it's worth pointing out here that for warlocks and hunters, these are called the order's gloves or the order's grips. But for Titans, they're called Monarch's Gauntlets. <laughs> nice. Those special Titans. That's right. <laughs> very special Titan stuff. Uh, the heart. Again, heart was both Titan and Hunter, with the Shroud being the Warlock piece of the Order. The city is divided. We must unite beneath a single will. Mm-hmm. Uh, dangerous. Uh, because I can think of a group of things that are united under a single will. The Taken. <laughs> uh, dangerous words to be using here. Uh, yeah. When I first read it, I thought it said the city's divided. We must unite beneath a single wall. And I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, nope, it's will. And I don't like it. Yeah. And then we have uh, the orders, greaves, and boots. Our choice is simple. Find our strength or face extinction. So yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so though that series is very much yeah more about the fight and um, crowning a power, a pow- not just a you know not a ruler for the people. This one's much more about a powerful ruler. Yeah, and all, the Justicar's equipment all has the same the same flavor text. It's just called Justicar's stuff. Okay. Uh, and you have and Justicar just meaning sort of like man of justice uh, and. In medieval, it comes from medieval Latin term, but the English form was used to describe the chief minister of a monarch. That makes sense. Okay. And then we finally we have the class items, which uh, some of them followed the series of armor, and some were kind of their own thing. So I've separated I separated these into its own section. Yeah. And there and there's kind of mixing and matching going on all over the place here. So we have um, this is a Titan Hunter piece. 
So yeah, so the Titan Mark and the Hunter Cloak have the same flavor text. Yes. So it's called Mark of the Executor or Cloak of the Rising. And I love that because I don't have the note of when this one was introduced, but thanks to the Rezzle card, the fact that it says Cloak of the Rising, I see that much more now as being a reference to the Risen. Well, these were introduced at the very beginning of the Taken King, the exotic ones. Okay. Oh, yeah, there is this is the exotic one. Yeah. So Cloak of the Risen, I see. Um, and, and it, you know, this is just a side note. To me, it it always does seem kind of like when it talks about guardians wanting to band together to, uh, you know, unite. It almost does sound like a lot of the original Risen-turned-guardians might have been of the new monarchy creed. Yeah. But... Uh, so it says, the new monarchy is the Aegis, Aegis that guards humanity. And I love this one because there's a ton of lore with this. So, yeah. and, Well, I mean, Aegis means shield. Yeah. But. And you might, anyone who's played Vault of Glass might recall the relic is called the Aegis. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, to not read everything, but basically. But this ties into other new monarchy lore. Yeah. So. The Aegis is a, yeah, it's a shield, and then I'm just deciding if I want to read this whole like these three paragraphs. Yeah, well, this I mean this first. So this (laughs) yeah, well, like this. So this first part, you know, in the Iliad, it was carried by Athena and Zeus. Although its nature was uncertain, it has been interpreted as an animal skin, uh, Almathea, which we know is a shader for new monarchy, or a shield, sometimes bearing the head of a gorgon, and we know the gorgons exist in the vault of glass where the other Aegis lies. Uh, so again, not that I think that this is a direct reference to that, but because Aegis just as a general term is, is something used to protect something else. Uh, yeah. But it also is very clear here that by, you know, new monarch very much considers themselves like the shield of humanity. Yes. Or the shield for humanity. Yeah. And then, so then the warlock yeah, they, exotic piece they get their own. is, yeah, the age to come, and it has a completely different flavor text on it, so. which is there's strength in unity, and a king of many will be the king of all. Man, it, when they say it that way, it just sounds so dangerous. Yep, like this <laughs> is not a good idea. Lords and ladies, yeah. The <laughs> the more we talk about new monarchy, the more I want to jump on destiny and go change my faction allegiance. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to be supporting these oh, guys. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> once I went through this episode and I rarely supported them before, but ideology, ideology wise now I'm very much of the like, yeah, I'm not going to stay. I don't want to be you. Yeah. I have this warlock bond and it looks really cool. Uh, but I, I don't claim any allegiance to the new monarchy. Yeah. And so this next one is a, it's for everybody. It's a Calipolis, Mark, Mantle, and Bond. The leader we need is among us, not above us. So again, that reference to the Traveler is dead. Yeah. So, and then Titans and Warlocks. So there's have the same flavor text. Mark of the Rising and the Risen Ones. Uh, what rules us is our service to the greater welfare of the city. So again, there's that reference to the Risen there with the Warlock Bond, yeah. the Risen ones. Yeah, and if and I haven't gone through all the armor of the other 
factions yet, but the the association with the Risen is very much a new monarchy thing, if I'm recalling correctly. So, so then we have the Mark of the Order and the Cloak of the Order, just uh, the Titan and Hunters. The city prospers on our field of order and justice. Okay. Yeah, and is a little bit too sort of like goose steppy for me. <laughs> we have a Titan Mark of the Initiative. Speak with the voice of the people or prepare to face them. Which I do. I like that quote. I think it's a good one. And uniquely, so I was looking through these, uh, you know, most of these classes share flavor text among or have different versions of unique items. And this is the one Titan one mark of the initiative. But then the hunter, the next one, the cloak of repair, this word repair doesn't appear like anywhere else in the new monarchy lore. Uh, We'll carve our future through the will of the people. Which can be read two different ways, right? Yep. Like that is <laughs> that is the will of the people will 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 carve our future for us, or we will carve it straight through their will <laughs> if they don't agree. Like, <laughs> and this next one, the war, or well, here there's a hunter one, a cloak of the who shoots to cars, just cars. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, in pursuit of the city's safety, our jurisdiction is unlimited. That one does go much more in line <laughs> with the whole Mercury slash Mars Cabal Dreadnought type stuff. Um, I mean, I guess this seems just like very much like V for Vendetta. Like, <laughs> uh, we are we are the authority. We're the man, and our our we don't need justification. Like our jurisdiction is unlimited. Uh, because your safety is our primary concern. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when security uh, starts trampling on liberty. Yeah. Well, and these, so these last two, they're both warlock. So faceless demise, a, tr- <laughs> a true leader speaks with the voice of the people. It's like, okay. But the, the fact that they use the word demise there, the, the quote seems very much like, oh, he's for the people. But then the demise thing... <laughs> Seems well, that's much but I mean, I think that's that's right with their tenants, right? Without a face, without a singular person, we all face demise. So we need a single, we need one, you know, again, one true leader who speaks with the voice of the people. Uh, and yeah. without that, without that one mouth, that one face. I mean, I, I also Indeed. see this piece as a direct a slam against the speaker, too, right? Because He's he's the faceless one and he speaks with the voice of the traveler. And so this is a totally in contradiction to the speaker and it's almost calling out his fall. So it it could be seen in a very uh, difficult light as well. Yeah, that's a good insight. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm right on board with that. That's a, that's a jab at the speaker. I want to wear that. Yeah. And the last one here, the warlock, the order. So uh, the new monarchy world or world order. <laughs> a fractured will is the hallmark of disorder. Dot dot dot. So it's like, and we will achieve that unity, <laughs> however we feel like. <laughs> well, do you? So I mean, new monarchy talks about order a lot, and like even the the previous gear is like the order's cask, the order's gloves, the right. order's shroud. But could this also be a jab at warlocks, the warlock order? 
Uh, it is a warlock piece, yeah, a fractured will. And yeah, there are the different warlock There's tenants. all different kinds of And not like to mention Osiris and Toland were both warlocks who disagreed yep. very much. And Toland was shattered and fractured and some warlocks are Thanatonauts and some are part of, you know, the... The so, seal so I can read that Toland is the hallmark of disorder. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the hidden and they keep all these secrets and. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it ties back into that one right above it, the whole faceless thing, which in this case you could read as, yeah, the fact that they're being very secretive, which is a complaint he has about future war cult. They're not doing things in the open. They're not, you know, they're, not being unified, they're having lots of different secret side things. Yeah, well, I mean, this all, I mean, could this also be a jab at FWC? Yeah, you it know, could, because I mean, because earlier, yeah, we have those quotes where he does not approve of their many secrets and circles and things. And we know that, like, using the machine, I'm working with, we'll talk more about that when we talk about future war cult, but like, you know, FWC is sort of like fractured and splintered a little bit with them sending people all through space time and timelines and things like that. So yeah. They, they could appear very disordered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we just have a, some of the other stuff that you can get here. So I, I just listed all the different kinds of weapons you can get, uh, from new monarchy and, uh, their naming conventions are very in line with sort of like Roman naming conventions. They all have Roman numerals after them. Uh, so auto rifles. And I was hoping Dragon would be here to to make some comments on how these things do you do you see do you spot any immediately that you're like, oh man, I love that weapon? Mm. I I hear their LM the objection LMG is not too bad. Or HMG. But Oh, that's the the new high impact and, heavy machine. And gun. the the new the latest role on the Righteous Seven is supposed to be very good, but yeah, I, I mean, I was making this list, and none of them really ever jumped out at me. Like, I I have a conviction too, which is their new sidearm. Uh, but I've never, I don't think I've ever used. I don't think I've ever even seen anybody use the Crusader One, their scout rifle. Uh, yeah, I and it's worth noting. Well, that I don't think they've monarchy, sold it in a long time. So yeah, I was a I was a fan of the uh, Red Hand back in the day. Yeah, they have no pulse rifle either. The hand cannon, yeah. Yeah, I think every faction is missing one or two weapon types on purpose. Uh, I always remember their shotguns because they had like the big, huge, it's like one, it's like a slug launcher. It's like a gigantic barrel. (laughs) Uh, They've always carried low impact snipers, which was something interesting that I, Prudence, Violator, and uh, Antinomi. Oh, you mentioned shotguns. The Judgment was my my favorite i love that thing there's there's so beastly looking yeah yeah giant barrels but i had like a god roll on it too and and it was just rolling through crucible was was pretty simple with that thing i don't think i've ever ever seen anybody use the purifier seven either the fusion rifle well and it was dark below so at this point it's it's not yeah, but even usable, back then but, like i don't remember anybody using it yeah <clears throat> so here there's some other some other notes in here about uh 
like prudence being one of the, the prime virtues, one of the cardinal virtues. Uh, right. Falls in line which is with, their, their with their unimpeachable character for their ruler. Although it only ever makes me think of the jailer of prudence uh, from Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> and then there's the Antinomy 16, their other sniper rifle. Uh, which uh, That word <clears throat> literally means the mutual incompatibility of two laws. <laughs> So I would assume those two laws are <laughs> you're alive and I don't want you to be. Right. <laughs> Although the low impact sniper depends on how much you can really get done. But yeah, the, the naming conventions vary. Again, Roman numerals and sort of words outlining like laws and the just. So like vanquisher, vindicator, righteous, uh, Appellant, crusader, purifier, judgment, burden of proof. They're very much about like holding court and executing judgment. Yeah. The only one that doesn't fit in there is the red hand. Uh, And I've always wondered what that was a reference to. Uh, There, I mean, red hand appears in various places. Like there is a branch, I think, of the Irish Republican Army. Oh, no, the Red Hand commandos fight against the Irish Republican Army. <laughs> See, now, if we're, if we're going with kind of this this whole um, theme of, like, I don't know, what'd you call it? The uh, kind of kind of like a courtroom type, or not courtroom, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, what it, what yeah. did you call it? Yeah. Uh, the, well, Red Hand, to me, stands out there as being, like, caught red-handed. Caught red-handed. You know what I mean? I, I know it sounds kind of silly, and it's probably <laughs> not the thing, but... But that's really the only one that I can see that would fit in here with some of those with with the yeah you know judgment and and objection pacifier things like that. Also worth noting that Red Hand Day is the international day against the use of child soldiers. So there you go. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I don't know what <clears throat> techniques uh, new monarchy is employing, but. So here to hurry us along. So for shade, yes. moving into shaders, we referenced this earlier, but there's the Amalthea, which uh, is the third moon of Jupiter by distance, also known as Jupiter 5. Um, and then Amalthea was the foster mother of Zeus. Um, she raised Zeus, um, concealed from Kronos by his mother Rhea, and then Amalthea's skin became the protective aegis. So... Yeah. We were saying, you know, this idea that new monarchy is the shield of the city. In, in a sense, wearing the shader is wearing the skin of Amalthea, which means you are now the Aegis. So. Yes. So, and then along that line, there's also the Misto, uh, which, who is a daughter of the river god Inachus, who became the mother of Arcus by Zeus. Uh the Misto is also a moon of Jupiter. It's also known as Jupiter 17. Uh, although I really think that this shaders a reference to uh, Demosthenes, uh, whose name means glory of the law. Uh, he was a politician in ancient Greece. Yeah, that sounds uh, like it would fit pretty yeah. well. As a politician, Demosthenes was a populist, having the support of lower classes of Athenians and generally being at odds with Athenian nobility. 
uh, he was very much a man of the people. <laughs> yeah. So these next two, uh, they're basically just rulers, Nefertiti and Cleopatra. Okay. Well, so, okay. So we have Nefertiti and Cleopatra, both, uh, queen monarchs, right? They're like their official designation, uh, both rulers, especially Nefertiti, uh, who was more more powerful than her husband was like she may have been the uh wife of uh Akhenaten, but she was she was the boss they're both very famous very beautiful queen monarchs uh but what does the ak stand for <laughs> uh and this is something that i mentioned uh earlier in our slack chat i'm gonna add this i'm gonna tag this on at the end of our episode so let's finish up here and then I'll tag the AK thing on at the end and you can keep listening if you want to know with a, a, a warning that I'll give as we go forward. Okay. Uh, so, so, so those are all right in line though. So yeah. Then emblems, um, you know, crown of new monarchy, ba- lots of badges of the patron badges of the yeah. monarchy. And then we have executors, red Mark and drop. You say this is in reference to a quote, but I can't remember yes. which one. It's a quote about from dead orbit. When Dead Orbit says, let the executors mark us. So I wonder if, I wonder if, this is something we haven't come across yet explicitly, but if New Monarchy decides somebody is too much of a problem for the city, or if they don't agree with their philosophies or whatever, the executors issue somebody a red mark. That actually makes me think of the red hand now. You know, maybe the red hand is delivering marks almost to that, enemies. I feel like that fits really well. Yeah. So, and that's the only one that stands out. Like crown of new monarchy makes sense. Badges make sense. But this thing, the executor's red mark. I want to, I want to know more about that. I like, I want to know how you could issue a red mark and, and why and what the executor, like what, what authority do the executors have to even do that? Yeah, basically they're putting out hits on other on other guardians. <laughs> uh, and then we have the two ships. So we have the visible hand uh, and the comitatus. So I personally believe that the visible hand with the flavor text lead from the front is a direct reference to the book, <laughs> The Visible Hand uh, by Alfred Chandler Jr., uh, which is a book about the managerial revolution in American business. <laughs> uh, and this has to do with like economics and the tenant of like the visible hand versus, uh, or the visible hand of management versus the invisible hand of the market and things like that. Uh, gotcha. But the, the short story there is that by having clear and visible leadership, by having things sort of like be transparent once the hierarchy is created, uh, it can successfully carry out its functions and then perpetuate itself as a source of power and permanence and growth. So, uh, very much in line with new monarchy, not so much in the business sense, but we do know that, that Hideo is an ex businessman. Uh, but again, in establishing the hierarchy, uh, the visible hand leads from the front. Uh, and then the ship that doesn't appear in the database. <laughs> uh, the Comitatus. 
So with the flavor text, Forge a New Fellowship. So the name itself uh, is comes from Germanic history, but was actually coined a bit by the Romans. Uh, and it basically just means a friendship between warriors. Uh, so uh, a commentator as described in the Roman historian Tacticus Triste Germania is the bond existing between a Germanic warrior and his lord, ensuring that neither leaves the field of battle before the other. Uh, and it was also used uh, by the Roman army to describe a mobile army, which makes sense because it's a ship. Well, and this idea of the Lord also being in battle goes right in line with the ship above, of yeah. lead from the front. So, yes. So, and then there's this forge a new fellowship, and it's like the one ring, the <laughs> one king, meh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Subtle reference to uh, <laughs> to uh, the Lord of the Rings. So awesome, and that about does it for a lot of uh for New Monarchy. So uh, we'll we'll obviously discuss New Monarchy again when we discuss the other two factions, the same way we discussed Dead Orbit and Future War Cult uh, on this episode. Uh. I think we know the future war cult episode is going to be a monster. <laughs> yeah, that one might be a multi-part of the multi-part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to our dead orbit episode. Right there's there's lore within dead orbit that sometimes I forget exists. You know, stories yeah. of things that you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so so yeah uh, yeah. That's the now end. I'm gonna I'm gonna real quick. You can cut this out later, or you can not listen to it. So, and, and I'm at, not sh- at this point. Beta's probably gonna go since my daughter keeps kind of coming <laughs> to the door. So okay. Thank you all. <laughs> no problem. Have yourself a good night. You too, and I will catch you guys later. All right, see you, man. See ya. Uh, so I'm. This is. I don't know how podcasts are rated and what you can mention and what you can't to keep. And we, you know, we talk about there's no bad language involved, but there are drug references coming up. So uh, if you have young ones who listen and don't want to know about this stuff, feel free to just skip over this part. (laughs) Or, Or maybe we'll just tag this on in the end afterwards. I don't know. So. This is concerned, what does the AK mean at the end of Nefertiti AK and Cleopatra AK? Well, this could be a really weird, veiled reference by somebody who knows their cannabis over at Bungie. Uh, There is a strain of hybrid cannabis called Royal Queen AK, or Royal AK. The AK in the name comes from... uh, one of the strains that it's a hybrid of, which is Kalashnikova, uh, which you may also recognize as Kalashnikov, otherwise known as the AK-47. So Kalashnikova, when bred with White Widow strains, creates a strain called the Royal Queen AK. 
So Nefertiti was a royal queen and Cleopatra was a royal queen. So their names very much fit with Nefertiti AK and Cleopatra AK in this very bizarre cannabis reference. <laughs> that I don't that know. is really strangely on point. I, that, I don't know why, but that makes sense. <laughs> so that's that's what I learned today researching new <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bungie. <laughs> yeah. So this this very much could be somebody slipping that reference in. Uh I don't know who who invents the names for shaders. That guy just lost his job. <laughs> maybe I don't no. know. Or maybe it's like a really clever reference. Oh, that's awesome though. I mean that's a that's a still even even if it was a little more obvious, it's still kind of a tough one to to come across. You know what I mean? To to come yeah. come by. So I, I mean, I looked everywhere for what AK could possibly stand for, like all over the place. Right. Uh, and I originally thought it was. So the part, what led me originally here was, oh, like, I think AK-47 as well, uh, you know, which is Mikhail Kalishnikov, the guy who famously created the AK-47. But in every reference to the weapons, AK always comes first. Uh, and then by chance, I stumbled across this uh Kalishnikova strain of cannabis because it had the AK after it and found out that Royal Queen AK is a thing. So there, there you go. go. <laughs> we will not be linking to that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's do your own research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh once again a, a pretty amazing episode. And yes, there's plenty of lore behind the factions, and so we'll be hitting uh, the the three major ones along with some of the minors just to to give you some more info as we go along but but man there's there's stuff tied in everywhere uh, and well we originally thought that this was going to have to be new monarchy and dead orbit together because there wasn't enough lore for them both but obviously there is we, <laughs> yeah two and a half hours of new monarchy. right right good stuff though so Scooby, man, thanks for for being here. I uh, hope this becomes more of a common thing for you. Yeah, me too. It was it's always a pleasure. So I know life life is uh busy. Uh, we we all can can sympathize with that. So uh, anytime anytime you got for us, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, man, sitting here my I I spent most of the day at Six Flags here in uh near St. Louis. And oh, nice. I am, I am dead on my feet and my, I just realized my voice is starting to go. So good time to, <laughs> good time to wrap it up. Every time I tried talking, I'm like, and just kind of stop myself. I'm like, oh, I'll just let it go. But, uh, man, can't wait for the next one. Don't know what we're doing next week yet. Uh, we still have what? We still have a Rasputin to finish up, right? Yeah. We got Rasputin and War Mines to finish up, uh, we still have, I mean, we still got some surprises in store. Uh, yep. But we definitely have Future War Cult and Dead Orbit. And then we're, uh, and then probably we'll do an episode on the outlying factions like, you know, Trinary Star and Conquer Dead and things like that. Yeah. And we also, I think we also uh, mentioned we were going to try to close up uh, King's Fall with some gear and, yes. and some other stuff too. So those are the, I just wanted to hit the the few that we've, I think, committed ourselves to. 
Um, but we'll definitely have some other ones that you guys may not know about yet. So, yeah. Uh, and shout out, shout out to Baxter on that one who finally has completed King's fall because he was not listening uh, to our episodes before he did it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He was, he's, he's like, I can't listen yet. <laughs> well, I'm glad he, I'm glad he got to listen finally. And, uh, and man, I did, uh, a, a raid this past week with, uh, two raid, uh, newbies or, or, you know, that had never done it before. And man, it was fun. Wow. It was, it was a good time. It took a little longer than I'm used to, but it was still, still good, good times. Um, nice. If you need to get a hold of us, we are Destiny Ghost Stories. You can find us on Twitter at D Ghost Stories, or you can email us at Destiny Ghost Stories at gmail.com. Uh, if you're going to email us, you can leave us any information you want. You can ask questions, leave comments, feedback, uh, request an invite to our Slack chat. Uh, I think we're behind on getting some people uh, access to it, so I'm going to go through and try to get that cleaned up here in the next couple of days so that everyone who's requested an invite gets it. Um, but some good stuff going on there. A lot more LFGing, if that's a thing, but, uh, happening, which is pretty awesome. And there were, like I said, uh, or like, like drop said, you know, that's where Baxter got his fire team together. So it was all, uh, DGS, uh, Slack chatters got together and, and did that, did that with Baxter. So fun stuff. Well, now we're going to do, we're doing our, we're doing the PS, uh, Destiny Ghost Stories PS4 team versus Destiny Ghost Stories Xbox One team on a speed run of the raid. Ooh, I want to do that. Can I do it? <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking of expanding it to all three. So we'll see how fast the PS4 team can do it and how fast the Xbox team can do it. And we're probably going to end up with multiple teams, but that'll be. I think my record right now is 54 minutes for King's Fall hard mode. Nice. Was that with uh, <clears throat> anyone besides your your? Yeah, that was my clan, uh, and that was also, uh, oh god, I'm completely blanking on his name. <laughs> I raid with him every week. He's awesome. Uh, Mad Pygmy. <laughs> Mad Pygmy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's he's but fun too. Him and the guys that he plays with are like perfect, perfect complements to my team and the way we play. So nice. we just sort of fell into it and without even thinking about it. We just blew through the raids so fast. That's awesome. That's always fun to do, especially now when it's just, you know, it's, it's more or less just kind of, of running through to, to try to get your loot and, and just get it finished up so you can get off to other things and play some, some prison. And there's so, there's a lot of, there's yeah. still a lot of stuff to do now, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome again. So that's what my brother was saying. Cause I think we ran the raid earlier this week and we did, I think we did it in like an hour and seven minutes. And my brother was like, yeah, well, now we're all like 15 levels over levels for this. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, uh, it's, it's good that it saves time, like I said, because there's so much to do. So, all right. Well, that does it. We are going to end it right here. So thanks again for joining us and hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can, again, find us on iTunes, Podbean. And uh, we love, love the feedback. Love to hear what you what you have to say about us so thank you and we will see you next time cool have a good night have a good night guys